having a terrible week? Well, hang in there because we are back with your favorite Avatar The Last Airbender rewatch podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Zach Muhammad, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy, Jacob Red. Jacob, how you doing? I'm doing well, Zach. I'm excited to get this party started. Uh, you know, I, uh, we got lots of creativity. Uh, you know, Zuko came in with a terrible tea joke. I feel like there's like, there's literally hundreds of, of jokes that you can make because like teas at the end. So you got like, you know, guilty, like, you know, Zach, you and I were pretty chatty. Like oh, there's just so many, there's just so many different ways we can go with this. Uh, and one more that we can go with is uh, bringing on a guest, Matt T. So, uh, Matty, uh, <laughs> wow, you know, you're, you're only here because of the, because of the tea pun. Wow. Um, okay. Good. Good to know that that's the reason I was invited on. I guess I'll add that to my list of grievances that I just want to get out of the way, right? <laughs> on the top of the pod so that we could, we could clear the air here and figure out what, what's, why it's taken so long to, for me to be on this podcast, I guess. Go, go right ahead. So, uh, grievance, grievance number one, and you tried to explain yourself before we started recording, but we, we had... I think like multiple weeks in advance, we had planned out that I was going to come on this very weekend and uh, discuss uh, an episode of, of Avatar. And then I was listening to last week's podcast and I hear over and over again, you confidently, I might add, claiming <laughs> that uh, we have no guest on the next podcast. Don't worry, it's going to be a shorter episode because there's no guest, nothing booked. It's going to be fine. And I, I'm looking through our DMs. I'm like, we definitely scheduled it. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. He definitely said you're coming on for the Boiling Rock or recording this day. And I was like, I guess I guess I was fired. I guess there's no other explanation for this. You know, I did say it on three separate occasions through the <laughs> podcast that we have no guests. And you are right. I was confident, but I would say I'm confident about most things and I'm wrong about many of them. Uh, yeah. So, OK, I will explain myself just a bit because I do feel really bad about it because originally like many, many weeks ago, we, you had said that this weekend was best, right? but we did not plan to miss a week. And so I had it down for the other episode. So I was going to say that you're coming on next week, which would have been silly considering that you're on the podcast. Well, but so you know what? I will hear this week. Yeah. I, I can announce it right now. We have a guest next week. I'll say it super confidently. It's Maddie G. So everyone get excited. <laughs> oh, look at He's that. He's coming on the podcast next week. <laughs> um, I guess. So my second grievance, I've, so I got my manager on the case to sort it all out. And I found out that I was in fact, still, still going to be on this podcast. And, but I was told that I was going to get some kind of edible arrangement out of this as sort of an apology from you. But I, I've heard that you shot that down and I will be receiving nothing for my troubles. Oh, wait, no, I was going to go forward with the edible arrangement. I didn't know that you were told that you were getting one. It was going to be funnier if it just showed up at your house. <laughs> well, I was not. Well, I, as for my most recent message, I was specifically told that I was not getting one because you shot down the idea. Well, I did think the idea was ridiculous. But upon further reflection, uh, I did decide an edible arrangement was the proper uh, was the proper reward for me essentially shafting you saying you weren't coming on the podcast. So Zach, you'll see that this is actually just a list of grievances against Jacob specifically. I think nothing against you at all. I think you're you're doing a great job. This is just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna just throw Jacob under the bus here. He told me it was gonna be the week after this one, so I was as confused as everybody else. <laughs> and so, so finally, I thought that I was actually going to come on this podcast way back in October of 2020. So o over a year ago, my previous manager had messaged me do you want me to set you up with the avatar podcast guys to come on and i said sure i'd love i'd love to if they'd have me and he said i have no say over them i didn't even know they were starting a pod until it dropped but i re i'll recommend you so i thought okay 
This is October 11th. By the end of October, I'll be on the podcast. And 13 months later, I'm finally here. I don't know. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> I mean, the buildup has just been immense. We've just been so excited. Look, we're really guilty of uh, not inviting you on. Uh, I, I apologize. Uh, but yeah, you know what? It's it's been quite a trip to uh, to get you on this podcast. I did actually go through the DMs, and Akiva did message me at one point <laughs> saying that we should have you on. I just completely forgot about. It. And you said, "Meh." Well, what, okay. What's even worse is when we were in New York and we met. I confidently said that he didn't tell me anything because it was so <laughs> yeah, long ago. I had totally forgotten about it. Okay, but to be fair, I do think Zach was on that one. So can Zach get like a quarter? Dream? Yeah, I deserve some blame for that. Akiva messaged me too. Can you guys have Maddie Fresh on? And I just <laughs> oh forgot. wow. Okay, so Akiva's name being cleared live on the podcast. This is breaking news because I was ready to just completely blame him for that one. But all right, I guess uh, we'll we'll split it ninety five five between jacob and zach well at least oh you're here gosh. now at least yes thank you and i've i have graciously decided to forgive you so um i, I guess we could uh we could start we could start fresh maddie fresh if you will okay oh, there we go <laughs> <laughs> nice oh dear okay well uh yeah okay you know it, it wasn't my best moment uh it's not been it's not been great but we're here um you know, we made it. We're going to be talking about an episode of Avatar. Maybe it's 13 months late. Maybe maybe it's right on time. You can decide. But yeah, um, you know what? I'll, I'll just take a back seat for a minute. Zach, do you want to talk to our guests while I recover from all these grievances? Sure. So, uh, Maddie, how'd you get into Avatar? Give us your Avatar origin story. So I was I was actually recently listening to the episode that my manager Naomi was was on where she discussed how she started and it's kind of similar because I, I was a big Nickelodeon guy back in the day when this was starting in like 2005 and I remember watching I guess the first couple episodes and I feel like I've seen those episodes so many times I don't know if they just played them a lot when they were first premiering but because I remember Ang and the Iceberg a lot and then I started watching it I was like oh this is pretty cool and then it just fell off because I, I was like I don't know. This this is not like SpongeBob SquarePants or Fairly Odd Parents at all to me. This is not this is not what I want to watch. It was it is like the first television show that is like episodic and like serialized and that you have to kind of watch in order and I was probably mm -hmm. just watching random episodes and not understanding what was going on. So I stopped watching it, but my friends continued and they were always saying that it was great and I was like, "Okay, well, that's whatever. I guess I just missed the moment on this one." But then mm -hmm. it kept going into high school and college and more people are saying, "No, Avatar, one of the greatest shows ever." And then this Korra show is popping up and people are saying that this is great too and there's a whole thing and I I just felt like I was missing out on it. So I said, "Okay, someday I'll give it another chance." And then um, one day, one day in early, God, I guess it was, I guess it was 2020 when I watched the entirety of it. Uh, I just decided to, to, to go forth and watch all the episodes. I watched two episodes a week, every Sunday until I finished in October, uh, you know, 13 months ago, as we were discussing that time period. <laughs> recently. Um, and yeah, it was a it was a it was a great year. Not a great year in general for other reasons, but my Sundays were great when I was watching Avatar. And I re I really did fall in love with the show. The first season was whatever, but by the time we got to the second and third season, um, and the third season season specifically, I I just didn't think there was a weak episode, and I was looking looking forward to every every time I would I would get to watch, and I was just very invested in the story and the characters. And by the time it was over, I was I was uh I was sad that there was no more. Wow. Yeah, have you seen Korra? Because you could extend your 2021 and 2022 with some Korra. Yes, I did. I went into Korra right after, and I guess that was the end of my 2020, beginning mm -hmm. of 2021. And 
it was fine. Just not the same for me. Okay. I mean, I think that's, it, that's fair. I think it takes a little while to get going, which is, uh, you know, part of why it's uh, a little tougher to get into. But and then by the time it did get going, it was like almost over. And I was like, yeah, you know, I think I would have just rather rewatch Avatar. Not, not nothing against all the big Korra heads out there, but. I feel yeah. similarly about Korra, so nothing against okay, that either, but I'm in the same boat as you. I think there are a lot of good parts of Korra. I think there's like, yeah, there are lots of parts that are like much more complex and much more like, uh, like, yeah, they're like deeper, I feel. And like, yeah, the, the avatar is fun because like week to week things are so different. They're going on so many adventures. Whereas Korra is like, you know, if it's a spectrum between like fully random and fully episodic, like Korra is much more episodic than even avatar. Um, Yeah. And I feel like it, it, like it kind of, I guess, and it's kind of, maybe because they didn't know ever if they were going to be getting another season. I feel like each season is so like self-contained that they just like wrap everything up and, you know, come back. Whereas Avatar felt like the whole, like there's definitely three separate storylines for the three seasons, but I think it just flows a lot much, a, a lot better for me. Mm, yeah, no, that's, that's really fair. Um, on this show or we, do we keep it spoiler free? Just, before I get into any spoilers, hot water. spoilers away, we can okay. uh, drop a spoiler bomb. We yeah, try not to spoil Korra, cause, okay? But well, Avatar: the Last Airbender, yeah, this is a spoiler. Yeah, I don't, I don't have any, you know, hot, hot spoilers off the top of my head, but I just, just, just in case, I wanted to make sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. all, all good there. Um, yeah, so you said that you watch two episodes a week every Sunday. Does that mean like you would only watch two? Like, if you yeah. were like in the middle of a battle, you'd just be like, "All right, see you next Sunday." I would, I would heat up my. A uh, bowl of oatmeal every Sunday and watch uh, two episodes. If it was like like a like a two part episode, like if I watched one episode and then the next one was a two parter, I wouldn't just like watch half of it and then call it a day. I'd watch the whole full two parts and then the whole the, like the finale is like four parts. So I obviously mm-hmm. you know carved out a, a two hour time block for me to watch that whole thing. Um, okay, that makes sense. Um, oatmeal every Sunday. That's, like, that's for the most nice. part. Okay, yeah. well, what's in your oatmeal? I know this is like riveting uh, for everyone. Else. I think, I think <laughs> people are loving this. I think everyone just turned up the volume in there in their headphones. <laughs> to figure out um, I do uh, Quaker instant oatmeal apple cinnamon every oh, every okay. time, unless it's out, and then I'll you know delve into some other flavors. But apple cinnamon is obviously the go-to. Okay, yeah, that that makes sense. I, I usually do the like make your own oatmeal like without the flavors, and then like uh, put just like an absurd amount of brown sugar in it. Brown sugar is good. I don't blame you for that. Yeah. I like the maple and brown sugar one myself. Yeah, Yeah, that's good. Pretty good. That's that's a go-to second option if we're out of some apple cinnamon. Yeah, fair. Are there four in the pack? Do you know? Uh, Yeah, I think so. I think the variety pack. Uh, T Quartet idea, Zach. (laughs) (laughs) Which one is which? (laughs) We could. What's in the pack again? It's apple cinnamon, maple, and brown sugar. I'll have to quick. I would have to quickly look. Just here. I'm I'm looking it up. Oh wait, there might only be three. Uh, this is terrible. This is going to be the best one we've ever. Well, is there is like original counting in the three, or is there just like a a plain original oatmeal Mm, and then three other flavors? I don't think original is counting. The picture quality of these pictures are just so terrible that it's really blurry, so it's hard to read. Okay, we have maple and brown sugar, apples and cinnamon, cinnamon and spice, and peaches and cream. Wow, peaches and cream cream feels really out of place there. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how they got invited to this party, to be honest. (laughs) No, definitely not. All right, well, I mean, I think that's just a tea quartet waiting to happen, so... Check back in an hour and a half when we put these four <laughs> in the bending classes. Zach, does that work? 
Sure, let's do it. Why not? <laughs> okay. Great. I can't wait. This is so fun. Um, anyway, okay. So important question for you uh, before we get into the podcast, Maddie. You said that you've seen all the episodes, but you haven't told us what kind of bender you would be. So hit us with, uh, which, with, with which nation you'd be in. Yeah, so I, I'm still not super clear on like the the main differences like between like personality traits of like different benders even though i have seen the whole show and know of different examples of each different kind of bender but i i think i've been asked this question before and by process of elimination i could figure it out so it's obviously not fire because i hate fire fire is my second least favorite thing in the world so i wouldn't go near it me creating it and shooting at people would just be bad news for me i i don't even like uh putting my hands like in the oven when it gets too hot so like just too hot too scary don't want fire uh water is probably out too because i don't uh i i don't thrive in the water don't really know how to swim don't really like getting wet so water is out so it really narrows it down to air and earth and when i just think about what i would rather be like earth gets pretty dirty i feel like you know you've got like (laughs) rubble on you after all that's done where air just seems like really fun there's so much stuff you can do with air bending you can make that big ball of air under you and just kind of like float and you i love a good breeze i hate most weather but a nice breeze is is pretty good so i feel like i could make that happen and then just to uh I feel like Ang is obviously the main representation of airbending we get. And I, I think I can relate to Ang a little bit. He seems just like a happy-go-lucky, carefree guy that doesn't doesn't like hurting other people. And I think I can relate to that. So I, I, I like to say that I would be an airbender. Yeah, I think your process is very sound. Uh, I think an airbender fits you pretty well. Uh, my biggest takeaway is that you said that fire is your second least favorite thing. For anyone else, I would be like, there's no way that you know that it's your second least favorite thing. But for you, I would not even question it. Uh, I'm sure that it is your second least favorite thing. What is your first? Uh, ketchup. You I it? ketchup. The smell of it nauseates me. Looking at it nauseates <laughs> me. I hate everything about ketchup. I can't. I don't even want it on the same table that I'm sitting at. Oh my gosh! I've never met somebody so anti ketchup. Ketchup and fi- ketchup and fire are my two main fears in life. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm actually pretty anti ketchup myself, but I think that you might take the cake being the most anti ketchup. Um, how do you feel about barbecue sauce, though? I like barbecue sauce. Barbecue, barbecue sauce, sauce is just like ketchup with spice. And I also like it. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's so much like I hate ketchup, but there's so many things that are made with ketchup that I do like. So, I mean, there's so many things where is just like, I, I guess would just be a, a mix between like ketchup and mayonnaise. And I hate both of those things. But I think when you mix them, you, you can make a lot of good things. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a fair point. Wait, so what's your like least favorite color? Is it red? Um, hmm. I, I don't really have a least favorite color. I feel like colors are, you know, just, just colors. Okay. <laughs> None I of them mean, are too if, offensive to me. <laughs> if fire and, uh, if fire That's and true. least favorite things. I, I mean, I guess if you're looking at it that way, just like my red really represents some scary things in my life. So I guess yeah. I would have to, I'd have to say red. Really just spooky stuff with that ketchup. Um, all right. Well, uh, we've already done a quartet of the different condiments, I believe. So we don't need to do that one. We can just stick to the, the Quaker uh, variety pack. Really what the people are here that. for. <laughs> oh, precisely. Precisely. It's at least what I'm here for. Uh, but before we get to that, we do have an episode of Avatar to talk about. We actually have two episodes, part one and part two of The Boiling Rock. Zach, in the pre-show, we were talking about how we weren't, like, the biggest fans of this episode. Do you want to maybe give some of your high-level thoughts on the episode before we dive in? 
Yeah, I don't know what I was expecting because I've watched this episode a bunch, but I think I came into it expecting a little bit more action rather than like Sokka slinking around the prison into prison <laughs> cells. Because that's like primarily the two episodes. It's like Sokka just planning out these escape plans in the prison. And I don't know. I think the highlight of the episode for me was when May tells Azula, she's like, I love Zuko more than I fear you. I think that's like a quote that stuck with me throughout my watching of Avatar. That's always been with me and i think that's one of the most badass quotes in the whole series so shout out your girl may jacob i know you love her she has her moment this episode when she turns on azula so i love that and i think that moment is like the highlight of both episodes for me but oh besides that i wasn't as high on the episodes yeah yeah i agree it's a lot of logistics you know you don't really remember the logistics when you're thinking back on the episode but it is a lot of a lot of logistics. There are some like pretty good uh, side characters, which make the episode fun. But I like going into this, I was ready to be like boiling rock. That's like a 3.9 or a 4.0 on our, like uh, on our ranking. And, you know, spoiler, I'm not giving it that high of a ranking still pretty high, but I was ready to say this is one of the better episodes. And I ended up not coming away with that. I think my expectations were just too high, but Maddie, you were saying you did like the episode. Maybe do you want to give some of your high level thoughts on it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, and, and, it's no surprise, at least to me, when I rewatched it, that I still liked it because I am, I'm of the, I, I was talking earlier about how I think season three is like the best season, and I still believe that. I don't think there's really any episode that I dislike, and I think especially when you get from like the mid season finale to the end, I just don't. I just think that they're all going to be like upper tier episodes for me. It was at that point where I was just watching and just really excited to keep going and 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 see the, the week i was waiting in between episodes felt like an eternity i i just couldn't wait to get my oatmeal and, and watch another episode I, by this time i'm just so invested in the characters and the story and i i felt that again well i guess um before this podcast started when was the last time you guys had like watched this episode or rewatched i guess the series in general um i had rewatched it like probably two months before we started the podcast um, oh okay because when it came on Netflix, I was like, ooh, let me watch this. And I, like, binge it. And then uh, I, like, wanted to share it with someone, so I watched it again. Uh, but, yeah. So I had seen it, like, pretty recently even. Zach, what about you? I had rewatched it, like, uh, I want to say, like, six months to a year before the podcast. So not that long before, but longer than Jacob. Okay. Well, yeah, because when I re- cause I've only I watched it, you know, a year ago, and then I haven't revisited since. But I remember... Um, it not being like one of my favorite, favorite episodes, but still being way up there. I, I just like this, uh, stretch of episodes where, uh, Zuko has his moment with each of the characters. Um, and is, there is a lot of logistics and, um, I, I guess, I mean, maybe I like it so much because my favorite movie of all time is famously Shawshank Redemption, which has to do with a prison break. And this is, uh, <laughs> very similar to that. But I, I also think this just has some of the, some of my favorite lines in like the entire series, just like so that that give me either goosebumps, like the May line you were talking about, or just like make me laugh. I think Zuko has a couple of just lines that made me laugh out even that laugh out loud even the last time I was watching this. Yeah, that, that is fair. Like I think last week there was, wasn't a ton of comedy in the episode. This week there was like there were quite a few jokes that I laughed at, so I I did appreciate that. Um. Okay, one more thing before we get into the episode proper. Your manager did have a request that we bring up on the podcast. There's really <laughs> no time to mention it because it just it's just a, such a non sequitur. But uh, Maddie, I heard you that you were a track star at some point in your uh, in your high school days. 
Yeah, I definitely wouldn't say track star, but I, de- I definitely did run track for three years. I did spring track my freshman year of high school after the, the baseball team declined my offer to, to be a star on that team. <laughs> I, went to, I went to spring track instead, and then I started doing badminton in the spring, sophomore and junior year. So then I just did a cross country and winter track for for sophomore and and junior year. And I definitely uh, wasn't that good. I de- definitely j- didn't even go to all the meets, really. Just kind of did it for three years to uh, hang out with some friends and get a pizza party at the end. Okay, that, that's a good reason to do track. I know for uh, for winter track, there was you had to do two two events at, at the meets, okay. but the meets since it was winter, it was indoors. So it was like at a local uh, community college, but down down the hall, the cafe was always open. So they'd be like selling like burgers and quesadillas and everything. So I'd run the little the shortest event, the fifty five meter, and then afterwards I'd get my quesadillas and bring them back. And the coach was like, "Gagan." you have to do a second event. And I was like, this is my second event. I do the 55 meter and then I eat two quesadillas and then I call it a day. <laughs> oh. oh man, they really should have had that as one of the events. Uh, <laughs> but but I, feel I'm, like, I feel like if you're just there for the quesadillas, like you probably should have gone to like Chipotle or Qdoba or something and like gotten a, a proper quesadilla. No reason to run 55 meters. <laughs> yeah, but I, I felt like I had I had to do something with my time. I feel like I'm I'm definitely much more of a runner now than I was for three years of track in high school. Okay. Yeah, that that's something that I'd like to like to do, but I just have no interest. And why were we meant to talk about this? Did you guys also run track in high school? No, uh, no, I was the opposite of a track star. I was on my basketball team, and I'd like when we ran lines, so we had to run like suicide, so like from the free throw line back to the half court back. Mm-hmm. I would like cheat during those segments. I would always like put my foot right before the line, so I hated running with the passion. <laughs> I hated cardio. <laughs> Because that extra, like, foot would have really made the difference, Zach? Yeah, well, because then we had to do it in 35 seconds, and I would never make mm-hmm. it in time. Got so it. then it actually did make a difference when I was able to cheat. And then my coaches would make me, like, stand right next to them and, like, do my runs right on the baseline so they could watch me before I cheated. Bastards. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, then, I, I, don't uh, know, I don't know why we're... Jacob, did you run track or no? No, I have no idea. Your oh. manager just okay, said great. that we. So I don't know why talk we're talking. About this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I I don't know why we're talking about this then, but I, I figure that you guys also ran track. But it, nope. no, glad to know that no. anytime anyone tweets a topic at you, you will bring it up on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I am deathly scared of Naomi. If Naomi tells me to do something, I will be doing it. So that is why that is why I mentioned it. <laughs> All right, I, don't don't some... I don't I'll want the angry DM. I don't want the angry DM. Which is, why didn't you mention it? <laughs> I'll, we'll start brainstorming ideas for her to tweet at you for next week's episode, and you'll just have to do a random <laughs> segment on it. No, please, no. She literally can take control of this podcast, and not even be on it. Um, I actually, I'm not sure if I mentioned this before, but when I went in like college discussion classes, I would always have secret phrases that I tried to work into class. So like, <laughs> like people would like give me a phrase, and I would like slip it in, and they'd just be like the most insane things. Uh, but I feel like that's what Naomi's going to end up doing. She's going to give me like insane <laughs> phrases to work in. <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah, I get excited. I'm sure next week she'll have me say something absurd. All right, shall we dive into the episode recap? Yeah, yeah, let's get into it. Um, so we start off in the the Western Air Temple. Uh, team Avatar is all sitting around. Uh, Zuko is really playing his best Uncle Iroh here, getting tea for the whole group. Uh, he's making tea, uh, you know. We've seen Zuko make tea before. This one looks a little bit better. No one immediately spits it out. 
Um, but then he wants to tell a joke that uh, Uncle had. Uh, and this joke just like falls completely flat in part because he can't remember any of the setup and just remembers the punchline. I wanted to ask, is there a single joke that you can just tell the punchline and it'd be funny? It's funny you ask that because uh, my physics teacher in high school actually did have a joke where he would just tell us the punchline. And he, he swore, he's like, I'm not going to tell you the setup because uh, the, the joke's a little too dirty. But l- let me tell you, let me, I promise you guys that the punchline is just so good, you won't even need the setup. And I guess this is perfect because I disagreed. But let's see if you guys agree with my physics teacher that this is a good joke with just the punchline. All right, so here we go. <laughs> Wrecked him. Damn near killed him. all right so i guess i guess you guys agree with my physics teacher that that was a really good it makes me want to hear the rest of the joke it's like (laughs) i'm intrigued in a way so yeah it's not the worst punchline i'm just imagining some physics teacher who's like no no no, i have a really good joke i'm not allowed to tell you all but it's really really funny and then still goes with the punchline Um, I would say the joke, the punchline alone is not that funny, but the whole, like, the whole setup for it makes it funny. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> not the setup that the, was intended for the joke, but... <laughs> no, 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 no. The, the setup of some, like, you know, physics teacher telling a whole class this joke, probably every year tells the same... Like, I, well, I would hey, imagine. I would yeah, imagine, like, yes. hey, I can't tell you the setup, but here's the joke. Um, yeah, How does yeah, that that's stack a- up? With uh, Leave Me Alone, I'm Bushed. It's much better. Because Leave Me Alone, I'm Bushed, I just have no interest in hearing like the rest of the, the setup. I- I'm a little interested to hear the rectum one. Did you ever find out what the full setup is? If I did, I've since forgotten about it, but I will always remember the punchline. <laughs> As you should. Uh, yeah, so this joke falls pretty flat, as I'm sure that your physics teacher, uh, his joke fell flat. Um, anyway, they, they all are just like uh, chilling around, and, and then Sokka goes up to Zuko, and he wants to talk to him for a bit. He asks if uh, the Fire Nation captures some prisoners, where does he take them? Uh, he wants to know like where they're going to go. Zuko's being real cagey, being like, hey, I don't want to tell you. Uh, Sokka reveals that it was his dad that was also captured, and then Zuko kind of like, it's like, fine, I'll tell you. And he says they're taken to the Boiling Rock, a very high-security prison in the Fire Nation. From the name alone, this place is pretty intimidating. Uh, Zach, would you want to be taken to a prison called the Boiling Rock? Uh, Hell no, but I can imagine Maddie would like to go there even less, considering it's boiling and that's close to fire. So I feel like he'd have a worse time than me. But yeah, I would not want to. I don't don't know why you asked this, because it's a pretty obvious answer. Of course I wouldn't want to go there. Well, I yeah, feel I mean, like there's like I, sorry, there's other I, fictional... I hate. Uh, you know what? You can go. No, no, no. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, I was yeah, I was just gonna say as Zach mentioned, I, I this would be terrifying to me as I, I hate getting I hate getting wet and like water and I hate just like fire and like hot things. So just bo- boiling. Just that that <laughs> word is just very very spooky to me. Yeah, it's definitely not a good one, especially when you learn that every day at lunch they just serve fries with ketchup on it. <laughs> um anyway i feel like there are other fictional prisons that i wouldn't really mind going to like the one from arrested development where like uh lucille goes where it's just like a really like posh prison like that one sounds fun but boiling rock specifically just like does does not sound good um anyway yeah so then zuko says it's like a very high security prison it's on an island in the middle of a boiling lake 
Uh, and then, you know, Sokka starts acting cagey. He's saying like, oh, you know, I'm not gonna, uh, like, I'm not gonna do anything. I'm just like, uh, you know, just, just trying to find out information. And then he is like, you're so paranoid, silly guy. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, it's pretty see-through what Sokka's thinking. Uh, you can tell the like wheels are turning around his head. Uh, later in the night, he tries to escape. Uh, he almost steps on Momo, uh, which would have been like one of the worst squeaky toys to step on. I'm sure Momo would have had quite a fuss. Um, but then Sokka goes up to Appa. He gets on Appa's back and boom, Zuko's up there uh, just sitting there, just arms crossed, laying, laying in uh, Appa's saddle. Um, yeah, smart move by Zuko, I guess, to, to be up there. Yeah, and then Sokka falls off Appa here, and I got a question for you guys. How'd Sokka not wake up everybody by falling off of Appa? Because he yeah, lose a pretty loud thud. These people are very strong sleepers, and I think it's because, like, it seems like everyone on this cast just snores, so I think they've you, they've been able to tune out a lot of a lot of loud noises, and they could just sleep through the night, n- no problem. I guess so. Hey, good good for you, not being outsmarted by uh, by Sokka because, as you mentioned, he's being very cagey. It was pretty obvious uh, what he was that he was planning to do something. Yes, for sure. Um, even though, like, maybe they did wake them up, but like, my guess is they just were like, ah, if it's like a if it's an intruder, Toph will like sense it and wake us up, so we'll just go back to sleep. I, yeah, that's, that's a good, that's a good point. This, this is also one of the lines that did make me laugh out loud when Sokka's like, "All right, fine, fine, I'm gonna go try rescue my dad. Are you happy now?" And Zuko just straight face just says, "I'm never happy without <laughs> missing a beat." It's, <laughs> he says it so seriously. Yeah, like he, you can tell he really means it. Like that's not a yes, punchline exactly. that he said. He's just like, "No, I'm never happy." Like it's just a matter of fact. <laughs> yeah, Zuko. This episode to me was funnier than even Sokka because I have this line in my mm-hmm, notes as absolutely. well. Absolutely, it's, it's a great line. So you're right. I'm never happy. I don't know why he says that with a straight face too. Oh my. Yeah. Oh. Um. Anyway, then they decide, or then Sokka like gives his whole explanation for why he feels like he needs to break them out. And he said that it was his decision to keep up the invasion plan, uh, and he has to regain his honor. Uh, Zuko's like, oh, oh, really? You're going to talk to me about honor? Like, I get it. Uh, I understand that one. That one clicks with me. And he decides like, to go with him. He's like, I spent a whole season talking about honor. You don't know anything <laughs> about honor. Yeah. He's like, that was my that was my season one MO. Uh, find <laughs> your own You're kind of taking my thing, Sokka, right now. Exactly. <laughs> um, anyway, they decided to take the war balloon instead of taking Appa. This is kind of silly. Like, I don't actually understand why they take the war balloon. Like, sure, prisons don't have bison daycares, but it is like an island. They can just, like, tell Appa, like, hey, go away and, like, come back when we need you. They have a whole whistle for this whole plot device. Well, I don't know. I just took what, what Zuko said at face value. They can't bring him because there's no advice in daycare. And to me, to my simple mind, I was like, okay, that makes sense to me. <laughs> I mean, okay, sounds good. I, I didn't realize that uh, that that it had made sense, but I, I really think that they should have taken Appa. Uh, we're going to see the war balloon, like, doesn't work. It's like a one-way no. ticket. No, yeah. Now they don't have a war balloon, so that kind of sucks. Um, I, guess get the, I guess they get an upgrade by the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, so then uh, the rest of Team Avatar wakes up the next morning. Uh, they leave a note that says that they need meat, so they've gone fishing. Um, this might be, like, I don't know, like a, a terrible excuse. I, I guess, like, they, I don't know what they could have said, but need meat, gone fishing just doesn't vibe with me. As as someone who eats neither fish nor meat, does I, I was just thinking, does fish even count as meat? Like, if they need meat, why are they going fishing? Okay, 
I also don't eat fish or meat, but fish is definitely meat. I do not understand when people are like, oh, no, like you should eat fish. It's not meat. And I'm like, what? Yes, it is. Listen, again, my simple mind, people have just been telling me for years that fish doesn't count as meat. So I, I, think, I think I just started to believe them. <laughs> Zach is the only meat eater on the podcast is fish meat. I think fish is meat myself. Then I don't know. I'm kind of a can, simpleton too. How, what are you saying, man? How come you can eat it on Fridays during Lent? Because oh, the church's rules are inconsistent. <laughs> <laughs> now, how because come McDonald's is making so much money during Lent with their filet fish? I don't want to think about filet fish at all. That is just nasty. Uh, they have that yeah, I don't commercial, know. though. They they have a good commercial for filet fish Yeah, remember? Give me back the filet fish Give me that fish. <laughs> I'm not American, so I've never seen this Oh, my commercial. God. Sound off in the comments, listeners. You guys remember the commercial I'm talking about? I... I've never seen that commercial. It's a, it's a fish that like like a dead fish on the wall, but it comes to life and starts singing that jingle. I'll look it up um, after the podcast. I guess like maybe we can insert the jingle here. Uh, like if it's if it really is as good as you're saying, I'm Unless I'm quite curious. Really, really weird fever dream that I had for years. <laughs> I really hope it was. I hope that you just like woke up uh, like every day singing this jingle to yourself, and your parents are like, "All right, he's at it again." <laughs> Um, anyway, so Aang, uh, he gets some homework while he's gone. He has to do 20 sets of fire fists and 10 hot squats. What's the difference between a hot squat and a regular squat? I have no idea because I saw Aang doing them and it just looked like a normal squat, but he just announces <laughs> that it's a hot squat as he's doing it. So <laughs> I don't know. That's just what the firebenders call them to make themselves sound cooler. Okay. And then fire fist, same thing. It's just like punching the air and you just claim that it's a fire fist. Exactly. All right. That's the lamest thing ever. Yeah. And then Aang does, he, he counts it out. He says one hot squat, two hot squat. I like never in my like few times exercising. Have I ever announced what exercise I'm doing as I'm doing it? It just, it doesn't seem very efficient. Can you imagine being in the gym and just announcing what you're doing after every, every set? Yeah. One deadlift. Too deadlift. <laughs> I'm going to do that. I'll go to the gym later today just for the bit. Good. All right. Well, there you go. This is getting me exercising. Anyway, Sokka and Zuko are, uh, they're talking on the, on the balloon. Um, yeah, they don't have a lot of chemistry here between them. Uh, there's not a single Sokka and Zuko shipper here because they cannot carry a conversation whatsoever. Um, they're talking about war balloons uh, Sokka's like, yeah, it's a balloon, but for war. And it's like, like, and then Zuko, his response is, if there's one thing my dad's good at, it's war. It's like, I guess it's tangentially related to what Sokka said, but that's not really how you have a conversation. <laughs> yeah, it's a really odd response for sure. I agree. It's a, yeah. It's a very clunky, cl- very clunky conversation. <laughs> yeah, but ends in another, then, another laugh out loud moment. <laughs> yes. Uh, the only thing that like, um, yeah, okay. And when they continue this conversation, they start talking about their girlfriends. And they're, and Zuko's like, I have a girlfriend, May. So then Sokka's like, oh, the gloomy girl. And then Zuko responds, not about the gloomy girl at all. He says, everyone in the Fire Nation thinks I'm a traitor. Sokka just says, my girlfriend turned into the moon. <laughs> Complete non sequitur. These people rough, do buddy. not know how to... <laughs> uh, Wait, I, Maddie, I would love to hear your delivery of Zuko's line. <laughs> you just heard it. That's rough, buddy. Perfect. It's. I mean, uh, it, it may be. It may be the line of the entire series for me. 
Yeah, I did. I did laugh out loud and then had to go back because I like uh, wanted to take more notes about how insane this conversation was. But yeah, ridiculous conversation. But I am glad we got that that last exchange. Yeah, it's just like they're just talking past each other. It just was. It was terrible conversation. But and this is the first one on one time they've had. They need to get this awkwardness out out early while they're still That's on the true. war balloon. Yeah, no, you're right. Actually, that makes that's yeah. important. I feel like there are just so many people where, like, you know, I meet them one time and, like, like we click and we're, like, able to talk coherently. Like, here they were just talking randomly at each other. Okay, but you're not Zuko. Like, Zuko is not a Jacob Redman type. He's, he's <laughs> much more uh, antisocial, I guess. That is fair. He's Yeah, he has more angst than I've had, like, even in my angstiest years. Yeah, exactly. That's a, that's a good point. Um, anyway, they, they find the prison, uh, they're like, cool, we just got to stay quiet and we'll be able to make it. Uh, and then they realize that the balloon's going down and here we get some science, uh, which I thought was really cool. I really enjoyed this part of the episode where we got some science tips. Um, yeah, I mean, the hot air balloon. Oh, what's up, Zach? In my notes, I had science B word. So that's, that's what I had right <laughs> for this moment here. Yeah. Sokka turned into a, a scientist out of nowhere to just explain to us why the balloon's going down. Yeah, true. I didn't know Sokka yeah, had I mean, this in him. He's pretty smart. You know, he like figures stuff out. He's like pretty inventive. But to be able to figure out the like science behind hot air balloons, like on the fly is like pretty Literally, intelligent. Immediately as they start going down, like he knows exactly what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a good person to have in a crisis. You n- wouldn't necessarily want to talk to him um, about anything because they'll just co-opt to talk about his moon girlfriend. But hey, uh, <laughs> if you want someone to teach your high school physics class, Sokka's your guy. Yeah, now that I think about it, I could see Sokka telling a rectum joke. I feel like that's, up, <laughs> that's in his wheelhouse. Yes, jokes where he's like, oh, I can't tell you this part of the joke, but this part of the joke's really funny. That's That seems like a Sokka thing to do. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, anyway, so they get, on, uh, they get to the, I guess, the base of the island. Do islands have bases? I feel like yeah, it's only like the a The base mountain. of the mountain, the volcano. So, yeah, it works. Sure. Great. They get to the base uh, and they're like, okay, cool. We're here, uh, but we're not going to be able to get off using this uh, balloon because it's a one-way ticket. And then that just made me think like, hey, we should have taken Appa because Appa is a two-way ticket. Um, I can't argue with that. Appa Appa is a two-way ticket. Precisely. Round trips for for all. Um, Anyway, so they get there. uh, They start like planned or they start like talking about planning. uh, And Sokka says that uh, he's not going to think things through uh, because every time he thinks things through, they don't go well. I can't imagine that that's actually why Sokka's plans don't go well. um, (laughs) Is that he's not thinking them through because he's pretty clever. But yeah, I feel like he really has missed the mark here. He learned the he learned the wrong lesson. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I think it's bad to just like wing a prison escape plan, which is essentially what he's doing here. So I think he did learn the wrong lesson, but hey, ultimately it works out for them. So yeah, Sokka gets extraordinarily lucky throughout this entire episode for having no plan uh, for them to come come out on top at the end is very much more luck involved than I think due to uh, anything Sokka had to do. No, that's that's very true. The first time they get lucky is when they find these guard uniforms. I was going to say, where do they even find the guard uniforms? <laughs> well, they, so there's like this room that they have a bunch of uniforms. And luckily enough, they have uniforms that are a foot shorter than every other guard we see the rest of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> that, well, that's why no one's using them, because they don't have any guards that are that short. 
Yeah, like that's just it should be a dead giveaway. It's like, oh, like here's the like, you know, prepubescent like five one guard, and then there's like the six foot guards. They're or like they're probably even shorter. Like yeah, the fact that they even got guard uniforms is absurd. The fact that no one calls them out for being literally like a foot shorter than everybody else in the entire episode is absurd. I'm trying to think. I feel like there was one short guard. The guard who lets them out into the yard, I feel like he was pretty short and diminutive. But besides him, mm-hmm. all the other guards were like six feet and above. Well, that guard should be super lucky. He has plenty and plenty of uh, extra uniforms should he need them. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, true. Um, anyway, so then they, uh, as soon as they get into their uh, uniforms, they have to go to the yard. Um, classic prison phrase, the yard, love it. But they, uh, they get to the yard and they, uh, they see a bunch of prisoners, you know, they're, they're going back and forth. The, the like big guy is saying like, I didn't do anything. I'm going back to my cell. And then this guard just like starts whipping him, And he's like, he's like, Hey, like, stop it. And it's like, just leave him alone. Uh, but they're trying to rile him up. Um, Anyway, they, they get him riled up. Uh, Zuko even says that uh, he's very cute, which I thought was funny. Uh, very cute, sir. Super cute. Yeah. <laughs> I, I appreciated that. Uh, we find out that the grievance is that he didn't bow when he walked by. And it's like, this is just a random guard. Like, if you have to bow every time a guard comes by. Then, every like, single guard. Yeah. You're bowing all the time. Anyway, yeah, um, from everything I've seen in any TV show or movie, prison guards are real assholes. Yeah, 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 they really are. I mean, we've talked about this in the past, like, um, you know, the bad people are becoming the leaders of the prison. Uh, we talked about that. And, and uh, Professor Strunk even gave me an article about, like, why this is the case. But we just see that, like, prison guards are just mean people. Yeah, yeah, they're mean. Uh, they're mean a holes. You guys summed it up quite well. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm anyway, not a big so fan of prison guards in media. Not gonna lie. No, no, definitely not. And this so is an anti-prison this, guard podcast. I'll just, I'll just say it right now. Yeah, yeah, wow. we'll plant our flag on that. Bold claim, anti-prison guard. Are we pro or anti-prison, or just the guards? Do we have a stance? I, I think mean, we're anti-prison. Yeah. Cool. I mean, that's what I am. So it works out. I'm glad. <laughs> All right, great. I'm glad. So, wow, we, Jacob did us one better. We are not only are we anti-prison guard, we are an anti-prison. <laughs> nice. Nice. All right. Uh, I'm glad we settled that 13 months into the podcast. <laughs> um, anyway, so then this guard, he like gets him to uh, like, you know, fire bin by sending fire at the guy. The guy then blocks it uh, and sends it back at him. And he's like, nope, you're not supposed to do that. You're going in the cooler. Um, this is actually, okay. The Fire Nation, evil, sure. This is a great punishment for firebenders, and whoever came up with this should get a raise. Um, yeah, but it's still, like, I don't know, inhumane somehow. I don't oh, know. I, yeah, I am not saying... Fun. I'm not saying it's a good thing that it exists, but it's, like, it's a really good punishment. It's, like, solitary confinement, and it's miserable, like... If your goal is to inflict pain, like the person did a good job, right? Fruit. If you are, if you are an evil, this was a good, this was a good move. Yeah, I'm it's better saying... than their torture methods later, where they just hold the man upside down, and that's the that's your torture. Because I feel like the two dudes holding it upside down must be like hella sore and tired from holding this like giant man upside down. <laughs> well, I was thinking they have to go in shifts because that guy that they're holding up, he's like I don't know six five or something, that's true. and like. 
he's got to weigh like 300 pounds. Like he's a very, very big guy. He would so not fit in those prison up. guard uniforms. <laughs> no, he would not. <laughs> uh, to hold him up, you would have to have like multiple people running like different shifts to be able to like get the muscle recovery you need. Um, anyway, so then uh, they like they lock them all up. Uh, then they go to the prison lounge and we go into the lounge. Uh, one of the guards is like, hey, you can take off your helmet. We're in the lounge, man. You can relax. Uh, and then Zuko's pretending to be all uptight. This was a really, it was clever move by Zuko to be like, what if I'm not prepared? Like someone could get me um, rather than like whatever other excuse he could give. I thought it was pretty clever. Well, why did like, I guess presumably Zuko can't take off his helmet because he's afraid people would recognize him. I mean, he is the prince with like the most well, recognizable scar in the world. That's what that's what I thought. But then it seems like people don't like recognize him later because May's uncle is like, oh, it'd be a shame if people found out that you were in this prison or whatever. And then he's just walking around with that big scar on his face and and no, no one is calling him out on being Zuko. Yeah, I think I'm with Matt here. Nobody recognizes Zuko later on in the episode. I found that very odd as well. What do you think, Jacob? I, my mind is a little blown, honestly, because this line clearly implies that if he took off his mask, then it'd be clear that he was Zuko. But then not a single guard or exactly. like, prisoner notices. And even later when like May is like interrogating him, he's like, oh, how do you know who I am? And he's like, well, because you broke broke my niece's heart. And that like that's the only reason he knows who he is. Yeah, no, that's actually a really good point. I'm trying. There's no explanation of that either. I genuinely do not know. I guess Zuko's not as recognizable as we thought he was. Maybe there's just people around the Fire Nation that got scars on their face. Uh, but then know. he should be able to take off his helmet while he's on break. <laughs> True. I, my mind is legitimately messed up right now. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> we broke Jacob, oh no. Well, uh, okay. I, I genuinely am just confused. Uh, it was a anyway, good run. They, Cancel the rest of the series. <laughs> yeah, I agree. This this uh, this is such a plot hole. I'm not even sure I can move forward with the podcast anymore. Um, anyway, the then Zuko says like, "Hey, uh, can I ask you some questions?" And they we get some like classic guard banter. I would love a sitcom with these guards because <laughs> I mean they're just on top of it, ready to go. The female guard is like, "No, you can't date the female guards," and the male guard is like, uh, "You don't even want to." And then they like throw a cup at each other, and they all start to laugh in the background. It's like. Just classic workplace humor. Yeah, this was this was all when back when I had a job. This was my least favorite part: having to sit in the lounge during my break and listen to my stupid coworkers banter. <laughs> I would, I would, I'd probably be in a in in Zuko's spot here, not not really enjoying this. <laughs> Zuko just wants like to get down the, to business. He's got some questions he needs answered. Yeah, he does have important questions. Um, if you didn't like the banter, like, couldn't you just, like, put on your headphones and just, like... And you'd think that people would see you have headphones on and not talk to you, but it doesn't work for some reason. Mm. Okay, yeah, that would be pretty annoying. Usually whenever I have, like, headphones on or I'm, like, clearly not trying to have people talk to me, people just, like, accept it and they just leave me alone. People would still talk to me and I would not pause whatever I was listening to, so my response you know, nine times out of 10 would just be a polite laugh. So I don't even know if I was really meaningfully engaging with any of these people. <laughs> I, it doesn't seem like it, but uh, hey, that makes you one of the background characters. You're not one of the witty people up front, but what can you do? 
Oh, damn, Jacob. Why you got to do Maddie Fresh like that? Well, he's what not trying it? to engage. I'm not, I'm not saying he couldn't be witty. I'm just saying he chose not to be. At work, I was definitely a background player. In terms of this podcast, I think I've become the main character. main character one episode in true i don't think we ever talked about any of our athletic feats so star billing my name will go above the title when this podcast (laughs) is released (laughs) well your your manager actually did secure that for you so yeah this is now going to be ang in there featuring maddie fresh uh i knew she was doing good work for me yeah yeah no she she you know she works uh she works really hard 24 7 making sure you get your uh, podcast dues. Yep. The devil works hard. Naomi works harder. I'm always saying that about her. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so then uh, like we go to this like cooler, we look in the, the cooler uh, and then we get introduced to the warden. I will say this is not the best warden that we've had in Avatar The Last Airbender history, uh, but we do have the actor Wade Williams, who is like, uh, you know, a captain in prison break here for this episode. So I, I thought it was pretty cool to have someone who's like associated with prison break in the prison break episode of avatar. Um, yeah, I would say our second best warden that we've had. Who's who voiced the first best warden again. Was that George Takei? Was it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that beat. guy was a good beat. warden. He was actually funny. Like his lines would crack me up. So yeah, that guy is hard to beat. True. <laughs> Yeah, the warden itself, uh, like he wasn't really funny this episode. Uh, he was just kind of mean. Um, yeah, whereas, this whole thing yeah. is just mean and scary more than more than funny. <laughs> true. Yeah, true. No, that's definitely true. And he's like very obsessed with his like perfect record, uh, which like anytime you're bragging <laughs> about having a perfect record, like it's going to be broken. There's just there's not a case in the world where it doesn't get broken. Yeah, doesn't yep. he know how edit works? If you mention something like this so many times, there's no way it's going to hold true by the end of the episode. <laughs> exactly exactly it's like Chekhov's gun it's like he hasn't even studied drama <laughs> how embarrassing <laughs> um, anyway they go up to the bow uh, of the ship or bow of the island I'm not even sure what this was they go outside they're like high up Zuko is uh, walking up to Sokka uh, Sokka then says Zuko which is just like terrible like the <laughs> yeah. fact that they didn't come up with code names or anything is just like it's just not it just doesn't even ring true to like what I know about Sokka. Like the fact that they don't have fake names is absurd. True, because if they're not going to recognize Zuko's face, they will recognize <laughs> him by name. So that's a good point. Should have some code names here. Yeah, listen, he yeah. didn't come up with a plan. He's just winging it. He doesn't have code <laughs> names. He doesn't have anything. Uh, I like uh, the Sokka that plans stuff out more. Um, anyway, they start talking and they realize that uh, there's no water bending people there. Um, so there's, there's like no way to, you know, get his dad, uh, cause there's no waterbender prisoners. Uh, but just then when they start talking about, uh, you know, failing Zuko goes into his best uncle Iroh impression. Uh, he's done this a few times now. I, I feel like, I feel like it worked the first time. And then they're like, Hey, can you do this again? Can you just pretend that your uncle Iroh like two or three more times? And I feel like there's gotta be diminishing returns on this. Also, you, you can't just come up with wise sayings like out of nothing. That's that's not how wisdom works. You can't just make up a saying and hope that it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna ring true to someone. Oh, I wish wisdom worked like that. But you're <laughs> right; it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, I think the for me the the one of the 
worst parts of season three is that there's not nearly enough Iroh in it. So I'm glad at mm-hmm. least Zuko gets the chance to to channel him as messy as it may be. At least we're getting some some of his inner Iroh. What I like about this, when they do the scenes where Zuko's impersonating Iroh, they'll play like Iroh's theme faintly in the background, which is always cool. Yeah. Yeah, I do. The the music cues are good. It, the like bit is kind of funny, but like he just starts talking nonsense. Like at the end of it, he says, take a bite out of the silver sandwich, which just makes no sense in context or out of context. It just is like... Well, because absurd. sometimes clouds have two sides, a dark and a light and a silver lining in between. So it's like a silver sandwich. <laughs> Like, okay, but then that implies that the, like, sandwich, the silver sandwich, has two different types of bread, and I don't know a single sandwich where one side of bread is, like, different from the top side. Do you think they'd do that if you walked into a Subway, if and they were like, what bread? You're like, can I do top Italian and bottom whole wheat? No, I think they'd do it and, like, spit in it, like, to spite you. They'd be, like, <laughs> well, pissed The off. beauty of Subway is you watch them make the sandwich in front of you, so if they tried to pull <laughs> that, I would I'd call them out on it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Excuse so me, sir, actually... I think you accidentally spit on top of my multi-breaded sandwich. <laughs> the Subway's one of the places where I'm pretty sure that my food doesn't have spit in it, because I would watch them spit on it if they did it like it'd be yes. right in front of me if true, ever they true, were like true. yes i can give you two types of bread but let me just bring it into the back room real quick and then bring it back out to you <laughs> well it just doesn't make sense because then they would have a, a top and bottom of another piece of bread and then they have to wait for either you to come back and order a second sandwich <laughs> or someone else to have the exact same request but reverse like it's just well, i think it's not the genius part of that plan is that they may end up just giving you the other pieces of bread as well because they have no use for it Mm. So now you have two pieces of bread. <laughs> Saving money, I like it. Wow, how thrifty! Um, <laughs> all right, well, and that's really you know, what we're here for for these life hacks. Yeah, next time I find myself in Subway, I'll uh, I'll do this. I'm not sure I've been to a Subway in I don't know many many years, but if I ever I tell you, I don't back, know when I'll go back. Now that they got rid of the Subway vinaigrette. Oh, I I didn't even know that's a thing. Okay. Is it just regular like vinaigrette? Let me tell you, it it was good, yeah, but it was good. And last time I went to Subway, the guy there was really trying to trick me into breaking my vegan streak. Oh, trick no. you? Well, yeah, he. God, we don't have time for a tangent. But he 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 kept asking me multiple times what kind of cheese I wanted on it, and I kept telling him, no, 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 no cheese, no meat, no nothing. Then he was like, well, why don't you get a veggie patty? And I was like, they're not vegan. And he's like, no, they are. No, no eggs. And I was like, okay, but what about like milk products, dairy? He's like, ah, I'll have to check that. And I was like, okay, you check that. Maybe next time I'll come back. Then he's like, we don't have the Subway vinaigrette, but we have a new one. It's very vegan. It's called Parmesan vinaigrette. And I said, based on the name, I don't think it is. And then he was like, okay, then here's your boring sandwich with nothing on it. Would, do you like cookies? And I was like, I, I don't want your cookies. I don't think, I also don't think I can eat them. And he's like, okay, but do you like them? I was like, I have nothing against cookies. And he's like, okay, I'll throw in two cookies for free. I was like, why are you doing this to me? Oh, that's hilarious. Honestly, this was a tangent worth going down. That was a funny story. The amount of times where this sort of thing happens to me is absurd, though. Like, people are just like, oh, no, 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 it's fine. It's better with cheese. And it's like, okay, but I don't want it. Like, no, thank you. Let me tell you something about the Parmesan vinaigrette. It's definitely vegan. I I, I just can't believe you. I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> yeah, when he's like, oh, no, it's very vegan. Like, there's not really shades of vegan. It's either vegan or not. Saying something's very vegan just sketches me out. Well, Zach, anyway, where were we? Uh, I don't, I, we're outnumbering Zach. The vegans are taking over the podcast. <laughs> well, at least I'm not forcing you guys to eat meat like that Subway employee. So Thank God. I respect my <laughs> vegan homies. 
Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, where were we? Uh, Sokka's noticing that Suki's in the courtyard. That's where we were. Oh, yeah. Yes. He gets literal hard eyes upon seeing Suki. Yeah, he gets yeah. love goggles. Yeah, you know, he was talking about his moon girlfriend, like, not too long ago. He's <laughs> clearly not over her. Like, I don't really appreciate what he's doing here to Suki. Like, I, I don't know. You got to get over UA first. Maybe. I don't know. Have I been in love with two people at the same time? Yeah, probably every day. So I, I can see where he's coming from. I mean, that's a tangent that just begs to be like digging and in, dug into. But <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> I, okay, well, uh, the world is curious, but that's fine. Anyway, yes, he does get like literal heart eyes. Uh, Zuko also gives him a look while he does this. Do we think it's canon that like the heart eyes actually happened like in the in the episode and like he uh, Zuko was able to see them because like Zuko looks at him as if he's able to see the heart eyes. Yeah, why not? It's canon. Zuko was able to see it for sure. It's an anim- it's an animated TV show. Anything is possible. Cool. Um, anyway, so then uh, Sokka decides to go into Suki's cell. Uh, this is like a huge invasion of privacy and like makes me wildly uncomfortable. Uh, Sokka walks in. He's like, oh, you don't recognize me? Suki's like, no, like you just are a guard. So then Sokka's like, oh, you'll recognize this, and tries to kiss her. Without even taking his helmet off or anything. Like, what's he thinking? (laughs) Yeah, Maddie, I agree completely. Why not take his helmet off? And then he does this later on with Hakoda, too. He's got a real problem with... He's got to realize that he has to reveal who he is before he tries doing any of this with with, uh, either his girlfriend or his father or any of this. I I really hope he doesn't try to kiss his father, but I I agree, like... uh, (laughs) I agree. Like he really should be taking the mask off. I mean, he he's clearly not on top of all of this. He does say Zuko's name out loud. So like, it's not like he's just like very cautious or anything. He just like tries to kiss a random prisoner. And it's like, no wonder that the prisoner like literally grabs you by the lips and like knocks you against the wall. Yeah. Good for Uh, Suki. Yeah. Good for Suki. I I appreciate that. She was like ready to stand up for herself. Cause like, yeah, this is insanely creepy. There's very few charitable ways to even look at this. Yep. Anyway, um, so then Suki and Sokka have their, like, uh, you know, their union. They were told that, no, the Kyoshi warriors aren't here because uh, Suki's only here because she's the leader. Um, Actually, this will, like, I thought this was kind of a throwaway line, but it also makes sense because the exact same thing happens to Hakoda later. And I was like, oh, I guess that is cool that, like, they send the leader to the Boiling Rock and everyone else stays. Like, it makes sense why the rest of the people that were captured were also not in this prison. Um, anyway, so Suki's like excited that, uh, that Sokka's there. Uh, and just then, uh, one of the guards comes up and tries to get Zuko, who's, uh, playing like, uh, watch out, says that, that they, uh, that the guard needs to get in there. Um, Zuko tries to give an excuse that the lights are out so the prisoner might sneak up on you, uh, which was pretty clever thinking, except for the fact that the lights were on. <laughs> yeah i guess zuko also not not that great in his feet he has a resort to like attacking the guard pretty quickly after that yeah yeah which was like pretty funny that he's like he tries and then it like doesn't work and he's like all right well this is my only option um anyway yeah so you know he uh he like gets her uh then the guards like uh oh you know he's an imposter we gotta arrest him Somehow they don't decide, like, let's check the cell and see if there's another guard here. Like, we should arrest them as well. I, I kind of just thought that, like, the whole time the prison guards were just making every possible mistake. But I don't know. 
Yeah, Sokka yeah. just continues to get lucky this whole episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so then Zuko uh, gets in trouble. He's uh, put into, like, um, I don't know, a, a prison room or whatever. Uh, and then the warden walks in, and the warden reveals that he realizes that he's Prince Zuko, and he even reveals that he is May's uncle. Um, Small yeah. world. Small world indeed. May's family is very well connected. Yeah, true. Her dad's like a governor of sorts, right? Yeah, or like a her uncle's like the warden of like the most important prison. Yeah, damn. May's living the bougie life. Indeed. Um, anyway, so then Zuko's like, okay, uh, you know, I'm like, why are you doing this to me? The warden's like, oh, I'm going to collect on whatever prize. But he doesn't really say why he's going to keep him there and why he needs to, like, wait. Like, is it just so that May can confront him before he gets turned over to his dad? That's what I thought. It's because he wants to make Zuko his special prisoner. (laughs) What does that even mean? Like, is he going to try to kiss him in the cell? (laughs) Yeah, he's going to try to kiss him without taking his helmet off. (laughs) (laughs) At least he's got protection on. Um, Anyway, so then... um, Zuko is like doing manual labor uh, with Suki. Uh, like, I don't really understand why they're just like mopping the floors, but I, I guess like even special prisoners have. have uh, like, <laughs> yeah, that's why Zuko needed to stick around. They needed someone to mop the floor. <laughs> I mean, they have like hundreds of prisoners. Why are they having the two 14 year olds clean up? <laughs> anyway. Uh, so then Zuko's like, or Suki says like, oh no, we met a long time ago. Uh, Zuko's like, oh, we did. Suki's like, yeah, you burned down my entire town. A classic. Zuko's like, (laughs) (laughs) Zuko's like, oops, sorry. (laughs) Like, that's all he does. He's like, I don't even know what else you could say, but like, this is not a proper apology. Oh, sorry about that. Nice to see you again, though. (laughs) Yeah, that is not enough. This is not sufficient. (laughs) This was another like unintentionally hilarious from Zuko, though. Oh, good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, so Sokka has a a whole escape plan. They're going to use the coolers to be able to get out because they're so well insulated uh, and sealed in. You're going to be able to go across the boiling water. Uh, totally safe. You know, I will trust Sokka on the science here. He knew the science of hot air balloons. I personally don't think this makes any sense. I do think that boiling water would like cause some of the like seams to come apart or whatever. But whatever. Um, they'll they're gonna they're planning to use it as a boat. Um. Anyway, they they have this idea. Uh, he also like had a miniature boat that he put in the water to test it. I have no idea what he was using as the <laughs> miniature boat, but it did not look the same. He's like, trust me, I tested it already. This is going to work. Let's just go into the <laughs> yeah. boiling water. Yeah. Bing, bang, boom. Uh, we're I would have been like, Saka, can we do a few more tests? I don't know if, I, I don't know if I'm ready <laughs> for this. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, especially, especially you. I feel like you would want to like have many more tests. You know, being in boiling water sounds rough. Yeah, let's let's uh, send Chitsang and his buddies ahead of us first to see if they make it, and then let's try to, <laughs> let's try to do something similar. I mean, that's effectively what they do. Uh, I guess unintentionally. Um, anyway, then like as they're talking about how to get the cooler off, Chitsang's like, "Yeah, how are we going to do it?" And it's like, "Wait, what? Like, no, like you're not in, you're not invited to this plan." Uh, and he just decides, like, 
he has so much confidence uh, that he's just like, no, I am invited to this plan. He's even going to like have a plus two uh, to go <laughs> yes. with him. That, that took me by surprise when he's like, all right, I got my girl and my buddy here too. And <laughs> what ends up happening to them? Because they do not escape. Oh, that's true. His girl and his buddy don't make it out. He gets over them very quickly. He didn't want to do the plan without them. And then but by the time he's on to escape plan number two, he's like, you know what? Let's keep it small this time. <laughs> wow. I didn't even realize that either. Maddie, you've broke my brain again. Wow, this is why I'm here, really. Wow, who knew Chit Sang was actually like a villain, uh, <laughs> not even caring for his girl and his buddy. A great entrance, though, he makes here. He does make a good entrance. He's actually like quite funny throughout the episode. I, I appreciate that he's there. Uh, yeah, also, like just him. like by the sheer size of him, like he's like twice the size of like Sokka and Suki. It's pretty funny to just like have him. He's like, he's pretty mild mannered for like, who he is anyway i i thought i really appreciated him he seemed I pretty level headed yeah i like chit saying as well i like when he yeah. starts the riot we'll get there but <laughs> yeah. he's got a, he's like i believe me i know how to start riots and his strategy very effective <laughs> it is very effective <laughs> although inconsiderate of the man that he like just picks up and uses <laughs> he like, picks him up and like gorilla presses him he's like oh oh riot riot and hey he, riot <laughs> he doesn't even announce how many reps he's doing as he's doing them Hot squat one. Hot squat two. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so they, they're going to start this. Uh, the goal is to get one of them into the cooler so that they can, uh, you know, take all the nuts and bolts out. Because uh, apparently they have Phillips head screwdriver with them there. Um, anyway, they decide that they're going to start fighting. Uh, Zuko and Shitsang get into a fight. Uh, they start shoving each other. Um, they, like, Sokka's like, oh, we need some people over here. Uh, and then, boom, Zuko tries to blast fire at Chitsang. That's a big no-no. That gets him put in the cooler. And then, boom, plan worked. Uh, this was pretty easy to get in the cooler. Like, I guess they do see it as a punishment, so I understand why they try to get them there. But I don't know. Like, it, it's way too easy to get in the cooler if you wanted to. Yeah, I'm I don't think they all anticipate, the screws yeah, I, were the same. I, I don't think they anticipate many people wanting to go into the cooler. So, yeah. Yeah, true. I mean, that's that's fair. Um, but yeah, yeah, like it is insanely easy to unscrew everything, um, as yeah. you're saying, Zach. Like, yeah, he just needed one screwdriver. That's <laughs> yeah. it. You'd think he need like multiple. He would need like I don't know more. Or, or he or he just he had one wrench and that's it. You'd think he need like a screwdriver and like other tools. Yeah, uh, you would hope that like you need a drill. You need like different wrenches, maybe different heads of the screwdriver or whatnot. But no. Uh, it's really easy. He's able to like remove all the nuts and bolts, which also was not that many. Like in the grand scheme of things, like there are not that many nuts and bolts for like a pretty giant cooler. <laughs> anyway, um, so Sokka goes. Uh, they get Suki and Shitsang. Um, they uh, start talking, or as they're like going uh, to the shoreline, they hear uh, a conversation between a male guard and a female guard. They start talking about some war prisoners uh, that are coming. Uh, and Zuko is like, ooh, maybe your dad's coming here. Uh, and they have quite a dilemma whether to wait uh, for the like prisoners to get here or if they should go ahead with the plan. A um, classic prisoner's dilemma. I know it's not actually a prisoner's <laughs> dilemma, but... <laughs> yeah, this is... Yeah, this is uh, I'm trying to think if there's any way to make it into the prisoner's dilemma. I don't think so. It's very separate from the prisoner's dilemma, but quite. But it does indeed. deal with prisoners, and it is a dilemma. So there you go. Take that economics. Um, Zach, what would you decide here if you had to pick? 
Um, I'd probably wait for Hakoda in the off chance. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think he makes the right call. And maybe I'm just being completely results-oriented that his dad does show up and then they do escape. But, I mean, it's his dad. And I, I think he likes his dad a, a good amount. So I, th- I think the, the risk is probably worth the reward here. Yeah, I agree. But uh, you're also, you're right. We are being a little results-oriented, but oh well. <laughs> I would have left. Like, I, I, you know, I don't know that the dad's going to be there. Once you start this plan, I have to assume that they're going to, like, be more in lockdown. Like, the cooler's already on the water. Uh, like, someone's going to try to escape. Like, they're not going to be able to hide that one of the coolers is missing. So I think at this point, you just cut your losses, you try to go. Uh, it's not the hard to infiltrate, so you can just come back and do it again if you end up seeing them. But I, I think I would have actually just, like, picked to go. You get Suki, you get Chitsang, his girl, and his buddy. Uh, to add to your rad tag crew. Like, I think that's not too bad. Oh, we saw how well that worked out for, for Chitsang and friends. Yeah, well, okay, so we can get there in a second. The Sokka decides to say, like, okay, we're not going to go. Um, yeah, we're we're not going to, like, take this right now. Uh, we're going to wait until later. Uh, Chitsang's like, okay, well, uh, if you guys are, like, not going to go, we're definitely going. Um, so then he starts going. And he gets sad that the current is too slow. Uh, it just like takes too long. So he ri- rips a piece of metal off of the cooler, showing how like easy it is to destruct this cooler. He rips a piece of metal off. He starts using it as a paddle, but then the water touches his arm, which causes him to scream, and everyone notices. Poor guy just like doesn't know how to be patient. Yeah, I mean, this really just comes down to impatience and just sheer stupidity. Like they they had it, <laughs> they were go- they were going to make it, and then he just had to. Oh, God, that must have been so painful. <laughs> I, yes, definitely painful indeed. I also don't know what the second portion of the plan was. Like, even once they get to the outside of the place, like, it, they then have to, like, swim from wherever they are to, like, the next island to get a blimp or whatever. But True, I didn't think of that. You're right. Sock is taking this one step at a time. <laughs> <laughs> he knows something will come to him eventually. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really know what their plan was afterwards, but uh, clearly it was not to be patient because uh, they get they get caught, uh, then they go into full lockdown, uh, and then they get thrown into the cooler. Uh, then the, one of the guards has a funny line where he's like, uh, they are in a cooler, sir. Uh, <laughs> and the warden's like notably upset. I feel like if this was the, the like George Takai uh, warden, he would have also like kicked him off and like thrown him in the water or something. <laughs> yeah, it probably would have. Yeah. Um, anyway, so then we get to uh, the last part of the part one episode. Uh, the gondola is moving. We get all the new prisoners uh, and we get a bunch of new people coming off. We see a bunch of just randos. Uh, including like this guy who's like huge. He's got tattoos, a, a full like nose ring. And Zuko's like, "Oh, is that your dad?" Uh, and Sokka is like really offended. He's like, "My dad doesn't have a nose ring." He's so uh, offended at that thought. I don't know why. Seems pretty rad to me. I know, right? Like that's not a bad uh, that's not a bad accessory to have. But important question for the two of you: What is the worst accessory for your dad to have? Hmm. What would be so embarrassing if your dad had it, where you'd be like, "Oh, my dad doesn't like." My dad would never have that. It'd be embarrassing if my dad wore, like, overalls all the time. I don't know why, but that's just, like, a weird <laughs> fit. So I feel like if my dad would just rock in, like, Mario-esque overalls, I'd be like, nah, dad, take them off. I don't know. All I can think of is my my, my grandpa used to have these 
these hats that were called like flare hair hats where they just look like visors, but they have like fake hair in them where oh, different colors and it kind of pops out. And I guess, I guess if hair was, if someone's hair was really like that, that'd be pretty embarrassing. But even just the, the fake flare hair visor, I was, I was always like, gee, gee whiz, grandpa, take, take this off. <laughs> People are gee willikers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the flare hair, I was about to look it up, but then you said what it was. And I was like, Oh, I have seen that before. And it is awful. Like I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. Yeah. It's um, bad. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, the overalls is that's a hilarious answer because like <laughs> the type of person that's just like walking around overalls and not on a farm is just like it's just not the type of person that you want to like uh, have as your dad or like ever talk to. I guess. Yeah, exactly. If you're and like you said, if you're on a farm, then that's absolutely fine. It's understandable. But if you're just in like the a, an urban area, then it's just weird. Yeah. Um, I, I very much agree with that. Well, anyway, luckily, uh, his dad was not wearing a flare hat or flare hair or overalls, but we do see Hakoda get off the train last after all hope was almost lost. Uh, we end up actually seeing Hakoda. Um, boom, the whole plan was not for not, not for not. Is that not for not? I, I think yeah, not, not for not. That makes sense. An eye for good. an eye and not for a not. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, anyway so there you go that's the end of part one we can jump right into part two we oh. get into, no, no no before we get into part two let me just derail as i've breaking news i've gotten a text from my manager um she said did you record yet ask them if they're friends the tough questions so are you guys friends yeah i think yeah. we're pretty friendly i think we're did friends. you guys meet doing the podcast or were you friends before this no, we met like starting the podcast. Oh, that's but cool. Since then, we've become pretty good friends. Did you guys have Did you guys have chemistry right away, or was it like Zuko and Sokka for the first? It was episode? like Zuko and Sokka. We, it Whoa. took us a couple of episodes. It, it wasn't that bad, but it took us a couple of episodes to really. I think we always say, correct me if I'm wrong, Jacob. We say episode five was when we really hit our stride, right? Yeah, so I, I mean, we were never as bad as Zuko and Sokka. Like, <laughs> no, sure, never, it, never. Sure, it was like not you know the exact same uh, you know chemistry that we have now, but it was it was like yeah, it was it was not even close to that bad. Um, but yeah, so like we had met during one of the Rob and Akiva podcasts. Uh, okay. Oh right, right, right. And then later, I had mentioned wanting to Avatar, and Zach just messaged me, and he's like, "Hey, we should do it." And so we record an episode, and then boom, here we are it's actually been quite a while because it's been over a year since the podcast dropped and we recorded the first one like two months before it actually came out. Ooh. Um, so yeah, we, we've, we've known each other for a bit. And now. look at you guys now. Now it can't be disputed. You guys are definitely friends at this point. Yeah. yeah I mean, hundred percent. Zach starts each episode uh, with another like, uh, you know, honorific, like good buddy, good friend. I've, I've got lots of, uh, <laughs> lots of good the praise. Proof, proof is way. in the podcast. Exactly. Yep. All right. Well, let your manager know if we have any more questions. Melanie will be thrilled with how much she's been brought up on this podcast. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> that that is true. Uh, yeah. Well, good. She she deserves it. She's a cool cat. Anyway, okay. Anything else before we get into part two? Nope. All right. Well, what's your favorite type of edible arrangement, Maddie? I I don't even know what the types are. I don't even I I've heard the term edible arrangement. I don't even know exactly what it is. Yeah, I believe it's just fruit. It's just fruit? I believe it is literally just like fruit that they send in a pretty configuration. Okay. I'm not a huge fruit guy, but I can eat a grape or two. Uh, you could eat two. I don't think that they have an option for two grapes, but 
I'll look. <laughs> right. Please, I'll be looking forward to the day where I reach into my mailbox and pull out two grapes. <laughs> if, oh, I'm trying to think of a way I could make that happen. <laughs> oh, it's just going to be so hard, but I want to do it so badly. Won't the grapes like go bad? Yeah, but it'd be funny for the bit. Well, no, no, no. I would like, th- there's no way I would mail him two grapes from Chicago. <laughs> I would like find someone who's like lives close to him who can like go to his house and drop off two grapes. Oh, I thought you know, I want to know what the, what the mailman's reaction would be. <laughs> yeah, the mailman opens up the thing and it's just like two grapes sitting there. Yeah, I have no idea. Um, anyway. Uh, okay, so there you go. Uh, we get, uh, yeah, the start of episode or start of part two to this episode. Uh, we start like pretty quickly after the last one. Uh, the warden is lining up all of the prisoners. Uh, we've got eight prisoners joining the new prison, uh, and they all get lined up to hear the warden give a nice speech. Uh, Sokka then decides that he wants to, you know, weasel his way on through, uh, and he gets to go to the front of the line so he can hear this talk that he's giving to the prisoners, the warden actually doesn't seem that mean when he's doing this. Uh, like when he's doing this talk, he does demand eye contact, which is like, I don't know a bit much. Like some people are uncomfortable by it, but overall he's actually not that rude. Eh, I mean, he's a little rude. He does make Hakoda forcibly submit when Hakoda refuses to look him in the eye, but then Hakoda trips him and somehow avoids any punishment for that. You think that would be like a one-way trip to the cooler for tripping the old warden here? Yeah, did he not realize it was him that tripped him? Like, I, I don't know how he gets away with that. Yeah, I was confused. Yeah, I guess that is fair. I mean, he does, like, he does trip him, and then he just says, like, oh, I'm going to break your spirit at some point, and, like, doesn't even try to now. Um, but, like, his initial speech is just saying, like, hey, I know you've heard bad things about this place, but as long as you fall in line, like, I'm not going to be mean to you. At least that's, like, at least that's nice. Like, he only kicks one person out of the eight. <laughs> yeah, as, as nice as a prison warden can be, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't I mean, have to make your, your life a living hell. I will if I have to, but I don't, I don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> All things considered, I didn't think it was terrible. I wouldn't I wouldn't choose to go there. But I'm just saying, like, uh yeah, it wasn't it wasn't terrible. Um anyway, so then uh yeah, he he sends them all away after getting tripped. Um anyway, we then go to Hakoda's cell. Uh Sokka walks in, still with his face mask on, does not learn his lesson last time. Uh and yeah, he starts off by saying, Thank goodness you're okay. <laughs> Uh, which is like just a weird thing to say. Like, it seems like the next thing he's going to do is try to kiss him. Cause like, I just don't understand like why a guard would walk, like walk in and be like, Oh, thank goodness. You're fine. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're right. I don't have much else to say. I think that's Zach, Zach does not appreciate the, uh, the kissing jokes. Oh, <laughs> uh, they just catch me off guard. Let's say. I, you, you make a face where you're like tilting your head a bit. You're like, really? Really? That's what you're going with? <laughs> well, you'd think that Sokka would realize by now that he has to take the helmet off at the very least. He even It's not like he forgot. He mentions, he's like, oh, yeah, I had this problem with someone else, too. Yeah. Yeah. He, correct. Uh, he's really taking things one, one thing at a time. Uh, he's not trying to learn from his mistakes whatsoever. Um. Anyway, so then they like uh, they you know get to hang out, uh, whatever. Though I'm sure they're catching up. Uh, the warden then goes and interrogates Chit saying He's saying like, "Look, uh, you got to start talking." Uh, or actually, he at first asks, "Are you comfortable?" 
Um, and shit saying, like, I'm not going to talk to you. And then he's like, I just wanted to see if you're comfortable. And then after he says he is, he kicks him in the back of the chair and makes him fall down, which is like, I don't know, like, just kick him the first time. Like, why do you even have to ask? <laughs> see, Chit saying made a fatal mistake here, though. You got to say you're not comfortable. I was I thinking like. the same thing. Like, why are you? It's like, I just want to know if you're comfortable. And it's like, actually, yeah, I am. Thank you for asking. Yeah. <laughs> do you think if Chitsang would have been like, no, this is like really annoying, like my wrist kind of hurt, the guard would be, the warden would be like, oh, cool, okay, sounds good. Well, there's like, my work least, here is done. There's a chance that that happens. So, yeah, I think that's the smarter play. I, I, th- I think saying yes is the wrong move. That's, that's very fair. Um, anyway, so then, uh, the warden wants to know who came up with the plan. Uh, we'll cut away from that for a second to talk about Sokka and Hakoda. Um, Sokka then is like, hey, where's everyone else? Uh, where's Bato? Uh, thank goodness Bato's not here, Zach. Uh, true, yeah. Screw all my homies hate Bato. This is an <laughs> anti-Bato podcast. <laughs> that is very true. That was determined very early on. It's one of yep. our strongest takes. Yep, 100%. Yep. Um, anyway, so then uh, Hakoda mentions that because he was the leader, uh, he was sent here. Uh, and that there was like, uh, some other person that they, that they knew some like, uh, women fighters. Uh, I, I don't have in my notes what he calls them, but it's not even close to Kiyoshi. He calls like, them the Oceanama fighters. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's like, that's not even close. Like, how do you get them so mixed up? <laughs> but Saka knows who he's talking about. You can I tell guess. they left a really strong impression on Hakoda <laughs> to where he could barely remember their names. Yeah, imagine Hakoda being so confident about something he's wrong about. I, I would never do that. I would never speak out of turn. <laughs> Can't even picture it. No, couldn't be me. Um, well, what's up? Only a Subway employee would do something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Very true. Um, so then they, uh, they decide, uh, or then Saka, like, you know, tells him some bit of the plan. Uh, he tells him that Suki's there, that Prince Zuko's there. Uh, and that they have a whole ragtag group of people that are going to hang out um, and help them escape. Hakoda's like, oh, do you have a plan? Uh, and Sokka's like, yeah, we did, but then it didn't really go very well. Uh, Hakoda says there's no prison in the world that can hold two water tribe geniuses. And then Sokka, classic uh, self-deprecating humor, says, then we better find two. Uh, did this get a laugh from either of you? I didn't laugh, but I did say, oh, he made his dad laugh. <laughs> it's like a okay. cute moment yeah i mean it's a it's a perfect dad joke like this really is like one of the like most dad jokey things soccer really knows his audience be, yeah soccer <laughs> really would be a good like dad joker um just because like he he just has so many ready to go um anyway then he decides to go uh talk to zuko a little more it's really surprising how often he needs to go and talk to Zuko. Like he checks in with these prisoners all the time. And each time it's like a massive risk that he goes and talks to him. Another thing is he's always telling Zuko, like meet me in the yard in an hour. And like, do prisoners have clocks? Like, how are they keeping track of like time? That's a very good point. Yeah, <laughs> no, you're right. The prisoners so don't have always clocks. just saying, meet me here in an hour. And we just have to like, believe him that okay uh, maybe zuko's like counting to whatever 60 times 60 is 3600 is that an hour did i just do good math yeah, on the podcast no, yeah yeah it checks out um yeah i mean so we've seen that like that that is a challenge in big brother where it's like uh you know spend an hour uh doing something like sitting in a place and then like you hit the button when an hour comes 
Um, so like I have tried to practice this before. I've just like sat somewhere and was like, okay, I'm going to like occupy myself until an hour. And like, I did not look at any clock and then I hit stop on my phone's timer. Um, I was off by like 20 minutes. I think I waited for like 38 or 39 minutes before I was like, that's about an hour. So I would be terrible at this. Hopefully Zuko is showing up like erring on the side of caution and showing up a little early so that he's better to be early, I guess, than to be late. True. That, that is true. It also implies that Zuko is just able to walk out of his cell whenever he wants. He's like, oh, sorry, I'm actually going to the yard now. Uh, it's been an hour. It's like, just definitively not true. Um, anyway, so then, like, the guards are coming up there. Sokka tries to, you know, get out of the, the awkwardness of having the guard here uh, by saying, like, oh, I'm just going to beat up on the guard, tell this dirty lowlife what I think of him. Uh, and he starts, like, you know, punching him a bit or whatever, uh, roughing him up, punching a pillow. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I Again, Sokka just, Sokka knows his audience. He knows how he can get into, to talk to Zuko. Just be like, ah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna curse out this low life and, and rough him up a bit. And they're like, ah, newbies. Yeah, he asked for 10 seconds with him to rough him up, and it makes you wonder if that's standard practice in this prison with this and the Chit Sang incident earlier. These prison guards are just, like, not following any rules. No, they're terrible. Yeah, awful people. They're the Subway employees of the Avatar universe. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Subway employees really getting dragged through the mud here. I hope you guys don't have any Subway sponsors lined up because that's probably not No, we don't. But the Matty Fresh, that Subway employee that dealt with you was such an idiot. Holy (laughs) (laughs) How does he suggest Parmesan vinaigrette and act like that's vegan? Listen, we'll never know. We'll never know. (laughs) Yeah, well, maybe this can uh, accomplish my life goal of having Oatly sponsor me. Uh, yeah, pr- probably. Know, we're we're trashing on Subway enough that maybe we can get an Oatly sponsorship. Um, anyway, they uh, yeah, I did I did think it was funny that the guards are like, oh newbie, as if like every new guard goes through this phase where he just wants like beat up on prisoners. Um, That's the kind of people they're hiring as prisoner guards. <laughs> yeah, I mean the, it makes sense. Like if you are going to be cruel, then like if the warden's going to be cruel and if the prison's going to be cruel, you do need like all the guards to kind of be in on it so that you don't like have someone stage a revolt from the inside. Exactly. So it at least makes sense. Um, anyway. So yeah, Sokka says, okay, we need a big distraction. We have this whole plan. Um, then Zuko is like taken away. He's escorted to a different room. Uh, I actually don't understand why he needs to shift rooms at all. Like it seems like the room he was in would have been sufficient, but whatever. Uh, he's taken to another room, and now May's waiting here. Um, yeah, very annoyed that uh, that she's like having to talk to Zuko. It seems. Yeah, she's not happy with her boy toy here. Ooh, boy toy! Do you think they didn't like define the relationship, and that's all that she can call him? No, I think they did. They've called each other boyfriend and girlfriend numerous times. I feel mm. like maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just imagining this, but I feel like they've called each other boyfriend and girlfriend. Well, Zuko definitely calls her girlfriend, but yeah, yeah, we don't know they're on the same page. <laughs> anyway, um, then we go back to Chit Sang, uh, and we find out that there was another person involved in the escape plan. Um, the, he gives away that it was someone dressed like a prison guard, uh, and he's actually a mastermind coming up with the plan. Um, Chitsang really like gives away the whole thing. It it was surprising to me that Chitsang gives away the plan, says, Hey, it was a, a prison guard that was in on it, and then points to the wrong prison guard, rather than just saying, like, oh yeah, it was this other prisoner, and then like rats out someone he didn't like that much. 
it, it didn't make sense why he would give away even like a partial truth. Is, well, hmm. I, I think, uh, I, I think as, as some people say that sometimes the best way to lie to someone is to like bury it into, into layers of, of actual truth so that, you know, you're only lying about, about one thing as opposed to making up a whole story. But I don't know. I guess he just felt like it was, it was an easy way to, uh, to to get one over on on one of the guards, and it, it did it did seem to work out pretty pretty easily for him. And yeah. it was the same guard who like uh, tortured him in the first episode and like right. wanted him to bow down to him too. So I think it's the added benefit of being able to screw that guard over who screwed him over initially. So. I like that the yeah. warden did not think that that could have been a possibility. Like he's just <laughs> like this guy is going to tell me the truth, and I'm going to take his word for it. <laughs> did, with the, I don't know if you guys remember, but like, I'm the first time you guys ever watched this. Did you think that Chitsang was like a- actually going to squeal on them? Because I, I I feel like when when I met him, I, I didn't know much about him, but I I knew this guy wasn't a tattler. <laughs> I mean, he does say he does say that he's not going to snitch. I de- I kind of thought that he was going to give him away, uh, just because like you know, well, first off, it's so clear. Like whenever Sokka's in the lineup in a minute, like he's a foot shorter than everyone else. He has he's, blue he's eyes. Teeth chattering. Yeah, like yeah, like there's so many giveaways that he's like the bad one. He's also the new guard that showed up right as everything yeah. went down and keeps talking to. to- <laughs> yeah like there's so many signs that he's bad uh and that like he's the one who's in on the plan that it almost like they don't even need shit saying to be able to give him away like the fact that he's in the lineup of prison guards at all should be enough case to be like oh it's probably you why do they even need a lineup of like 10 prison guards you think it would just be like soccer and like one other person <laughs> yeah yeah nope i yep i agree <laughs> Well, I, I like the little little fake out they had to make us think that he was he was squealing, and then to uh, to actually still still keep their cover hidden. Yeah, I think they did a good job with the the fake out. They at least uh, got me, but yeah, it also just doesn't make sense how they're not able to tell. Um, we go back to Zuko and May scene. Uh, May's like uh, saying like, "Oh, I knew I, I knew that you were here because I know you so well." And Zuko's like, "Wait, what?" And he's like, "No, my warden's the uncle. Like, we've been over this. This was literally last episode." How do you? I love that Zuko <laughs> cannot put the pieces together. Like, How did you know I was here? Though? <laughs> yeah, it's like, like, why was this so hard for him to figure out? It's like I don't know. You tell me the most plausible explanation, and I'm sure you'll be right. Like, it's the only one that makes sense. <laughs> Um, but then we see that May's really upset that she only got a letter, uh, that because like when Zuko decided to leave that she didn't, uh, like she didn't get in person, uh, like face to face interaction when Zuko was saying she was going to leave. Is this an unreasonable request that May's giving Zuko? I don't think so. I guess it depends on what was in the letter. Like I think Zuko has been known to be very succinct with his letters. So I, I feel like if she got the letter and it just said like, see ya then I, I could see her being a little upset at that if she got the letter and it just said need meat went fishing i'd be a little upset about it. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah that'd be a pretty bad pretty bad uh letter to get zach do you think that this was this is a fair grievance that may has like is zuko really expected to say hey i'm about to betray my country to may and put it in I writing think, i think it is a fair grievance to just like say that he's leaving in person. He doesn't necessarily have to tell her that he's betraying her country, but if this is somebody you truly love, then rather than just leaving them with a little old letter, you should talk to them in person and let them know you're leaving for a long time. Hmm. I, I, I disagree. I mean, I think it puts May in an awkward position if it's like, 
well, when's the last time you saw Zuko? It's like, oh, when he said he was leaving and he said he was going to like not come back for a while. Like, I feel like that's like, that puts May in a weird place where now May has to lie or May has to betray you. And now like she has to decide between the country and you as well. I think keeping her in the dark, like while it might be me, it might be the best case for her. Well, yeah, I can see where you and Zuko were coming from, but May clearly did not want that. And so she, she is upset with how it went happened and she's justified. I, you know, I'm, I'm here for the relationship drama. I, I love me some teen dramas. This was, this is delivering a good, a good lover's spat. Yeah, uh, that, that is true. They have like this whole back and forth where Zuko's like, you know, I'm doing this to save my country. And May is like, what do you mean? Like, you're betraying my country. And they're like, uh, yeah, they're, they're going back and forth. Uh, well, yeah, and he's, like that, he's like, that's not how I see it. And she literally like pouts after that. <laughs> <laughs> she does a lot. It was a very funny reaction. <laughs> that is uh, that is very true. Um, anyway, they, uh, they go and now Sokka's going to go check in with Suki. He really does check in with every single member of the plan, like multiple times. It really just is not going to go very well. Um, <laughs> it's shocking that he's able to get away with this, but it really is. Uh, anyway, he tells Suki the plan. Uh, he says, okay, we're going to take the gondola. We're going to take a hostage. Uh, we're going to need a prison riot. Like there's a lot of different steps to this, uh, including the fact they're going to take the warden captive. Like there's, there's like six different steps to this plan. Um, and I love that but, he's clearly so excited. His dad's here because he keeps mentioning his dad in every sentence. He's first, he's like, I talked to my dad and she's like, okay, great. And he's like, yeah. And my dad said that we could come up with this plan. And she's like, okay, what about this? And he's like, actually, my dad already thought about this. And here's what my dad says we should do. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't pick up on that, but you're totally right. He does mention his dad quite a bit. I mean, Saka really, really does like his dad. It's pretty sweet, but <laughs> it is. yeah, you know, it's, it's nice that he's not taking credit for stuff that he didn't do. It's like, my dad's better than your dad, because my dad's going to break us out of here. Well, I mean, Suki's dad didn't even break into a prison to help get her out, so... Yeah, what is he even doing? True. Right? Embarrassing. Um, anyway, before they get to go into this plan, the a guard comes away and says, like, hey, we got to come get you. Uh, like, we're going to take you to see the warden. Uh, he's then put in the lineup, and this is where Chit saying. Uh, says that the wrong uh, guard, the one that bullied him earlier, was the imposter. Um, and yeah, it becomes like a, a he sh- a he said he said type thing. But the guard is saying like, "Oh no, like, he's a liar." And for some reason, Chitsang just believed entirely. Yeah, uh, the, the warden. The warden's like Chitsang has no reason to lie to me, so I am taking his word <laughs> as gospel. <laughs> that, that is very true. It actually really helps out because the warden says like you threw Chitsang in that same cooler they used to escape, um, which is pretty damning evidence, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, then the, he gets interrupted. The warden gets all kind of fussy that he was interrupted until he finds out that it was Azula, and then he's like, "Oh, my bad. I am so sorry." Uh, please, please uh, welcome yourself into this prison. Yeah, this is a pretty badass entrance for Azula. I feel like when I first watched this episode, I wasn't expect I was expecting them to escape, but I wasn't expecting Azula to end up coming in and uh, be the villain of the week. Yeah, yeah the, no. the, the crowd went wild. When Azula and Ty Lee showed up on my screen, me at home, I stood up from the couch and gave them a standing ovation. I was like, oh, man, <laughs> now, now, we're, now we're here. Now this episode's going to start getting good. <laughs> 
You spilled oatmeal all over the floor as you quickly stood up. Yes. And, and Listen, that's going to happen. That's going to happen when the fire girls show up. I love them. I agree. They are really great. Uh, and I also really love the line from Azula here where the warden's like, how do you know this isn't like the person that's behind it? And she's just like, I'm a people person as she like smiles and walks away. And it's like, okay. <laughs> Anytime someone asks me how I know something from now on, I'm just going to say, because I'm a people person. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's hard to argue with. Uh, it's it's very difficult to to like say, no, you're not. Like, what are you going <laughs> to say to that? It's so rude if you disagree. Um, anyway, Sokka starts this plan. He goes up to one of the guards and he says, hey, it's time to let everyone out. Uh, the guards like, we're in a lockdown. And, the, and Sokka's like, okay, I mean, I guess I'll go tell the warden that you said that. I don't think he'll like when you undermine his authority. And the guard's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Like, let me just go ahead and do it right now. Which, like, this is a real major problem that they have to have the warden be so scary that just mentioning his name is enough to get someone to break orders. It's true. Yeah. 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 Um, Anyway, this guard falls for it. What do you think the punishment for this guard is? Like, he now does he become one of the prisoners for messing up? I think so. Or he gets, like, banished into another prison or something. I feel like something terrible is happening to this guard. It's pretty funny when the riot starts and the warden is like, who let the prisoners out? We're on lockdown. You see this guy, like, slink away into the wall. So Yeah, I think he gets away with it. I don't think he's going to get caught. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. Hey, I think you don't think they... You don't think they know who's on, like, uh, door duty? No, I, I think, uh, I don't know. I just think with all the with all the commotion, I think he, he could maybe destroy some evidence. I, I think a lot of things will get lost in the in the scuffle. I, I, I have faith in this guy to, to get out of it. I hope so. Okay, maybe he becomes the new warden. They're definitely going to be looking for a new one. <laughs> <laughs> True. So maybe this guy just slots right in there. Um. Anyway, so now that they're all in the yard, they decide, okay, uh, it's time to riot. Uh, Suki's like, okay, how do we riot? Akota's like, ooh, I know, I know how to, I know how to do a riot. He goes up and he shoves one of the biggest, baddest-looking prisoners, uh, and the prisoner is just not having it. Uh, I really like this, like how they flipped the expectations here and made this prisoner like real softy. Um, yeah, I, I really the one guy who's trying to control his anger. <laughs> yeah, I really appreciate it. I really like someone who's, you know, like trying to self-improve, uh, you know, always try to get better. Uh, he's trying to control his anger. Uh, and I, I'm really I really hope the best for him. I hope that after he gets involved in this riot, that he realizes that the, the violence wasn't the answer. And he goes back to his, uh, you know, pacifist ways. We but stand I like a self-improving king. I like how right after that, they're like, damn it. Well, that didn't work. Now what? And it's like, just pick anyone else. <laughs> just, <laughs> just try again. <laughs> Listen, Zuko just told you, you're going to fail a million times, but keep trying. Like, there's never a time like right now to take, to take that advice. And just, <laughs> I bet you they're not all trying to work on their anger. Yeah, that is true. They try one person, they push him, it doesn't work, and they're like, darn, that was our best plan. Like, <laughs> too bad we can't do the exact same thing to one of the other 5,000 people here. Um, anyway, just then, Chitsang is like, hey, uh, you know, I know you're trying to escape again, and I need your help. Uh, I, I need in. Uh, and Sokka's like, oh, this is actually perfect. We need to start a riot. Chitsang's like, oh, easy. He grabs a, a fully grown man <laughs> bounces him up in the air and says, hey, riot. And the riot starts. And that does it. This, it's very impressive. Uh, like, Hakoda mentions how impressive it is. Uh, the prisoner that was trying to, like, control his anger even realizes that controlling your anger is overrated, and he decides to riot. <laughs> Chit saying is a man of the people. 
Listen, it's hard to it's hard to sit out a a good riot. That looks pretty fun. <laughs> True. You know, I've what? never put myself in the position. Although one time in elementary school, there was a food fight that like Ooh. was planned. Like everyone was doing it, and I just I I don't know why, but I was such like an annoying kid. I was like, I'm not participating because I don't like f- food waste, and I just don't want to participate in this. So I oh, sat there while God, I would have thrown food. my entire lunch on you. <laughs> <laughs> but easy How mark. Do this guy doesn't want to play. Let's all just throw everything at him. That's so rude. I, I even have like, so many food-related instances, but we'll get into them on another pod. I I feel like I need to at least know one of your food-related instances. I'm I'm so curious. I think. Uh, I've had not all four years, but three out of four of my years of high school, I've, I do have at least one story that ends with me throwing my entire lunch on someone. Wow. Holy. Wow. Quesadillas beware. You're getting slapped <laughs> in the face of someone else. But in, in my mind, I had justifiable cause for all of them. There, there's yeah. no greater weapon at your disposal than a lunch in the cafeteria. No, there's, definitely not. I know you probably want to eat the lunch, but if you can give up lunch for a day and use it instead to mess up someone else's day then sometimes it's worth it yeah i mean someone beats you in the 55 meter like watch out (laughs) i kind of have a non-sequitur story here but unlike maddie fresh i used to use food to make people's days better because i remember in the eighth (laughs) grade i brought bread and nutella to school and i was just making nutella sandwiches out of my lockers for whoever wanted a nutella sandwich so ooh. Man, that actually is very kind. Um, I I would have been like very nice to you that day that you had Nutella because that's quite a treat as a Nutella sandwich. Like before you go to like your science class. True. I haven't eaten Nutella in like five years or something because Nutella for me is like crack. Like when I eat it, I just eat way too much of it. So I, I haven't yeah. had it in a while. I once had a I I had a burrito or a wrap. It was a wrap, and I hadn't eaten it yet. And I took the fruit punch that I had and poured the fruit punch on the wrap so that it got nice and all like mushy and everything and then waited for it to settle and then stood up and threw it on the person next to me and it got all over their clothes and everything. <laughs> oh, I thought you were saying you ate that. And I was like, that's disgusting. No, 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 no. I definitely didn't eat it. I was using it as a weapon. What did this Is person it- do to you? They had, okay, so this is what we didn't want to get into, but the, the, the person I had, you know, just being a little, a little dick, just took a, an edge of pizza crust and just kind of flung it at them. Totally normal thing to do. They retaliated by taking their entire cup of Italian dressing and pour and throwing it at me. So it got all over my shirt. So then I was like, all right, well, now I need to figure out how to get back at them. And that's when the fruit punch wrap came into play. Oh my. Oh was my this gosh. all the same day? Yeah, this was all the same lunch period. Wow, insane! Um, uh, wow, okay. I I will never throw my food at you ever. Uh, in case you have a fruit punch wrap ready to go, I smelled like Italian dressing the rest of the day. That's not a bad smell, honestly. Like uh, it's overwhelming. That's a pretty bad smell for the <laughs> whole oh, day. Okay, of all the dressings out there, Italian dressing is one of the better dressings to smell like. Agreed, but it's not like I was like. Please, please pour the best smelling dressing on me. I didn't want any dressing on me. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, okay, my throw a pizza crust at me. It's solid. It bounces off. That's that should have been the reaction. Yeah, but that's that's an eye for an eye and not for a knot. We don't we don't do that. Yes, <laughs> um, uh, my, my food related stories. I would go to like Sam's Club, which is like uh, it's like Walmart's like Costco, 
Uh, and I would go get like a bunch of candy in bulk and then I would like resell it. And like at lunch, I would like trade up. Uh, like I would not bring a lunch myself. I would bring candy. I would trade up to the lunch that I wanted from other things that other people brought. And then I would sell the rest to pay off the candy for the day. You're quite the entrepreneur. Yeah. yeah I would true. take my lunch money and turn it into more money. Wow, that's genius. Look at that. And then you ended up getting into economics as you got older. There you go. Now I'm a, a, you know, a trader proper. Like all I do is trade stuff all day. So it's your start it, start them while you're young. Oh God. Some, okay. Someone at work said that they were born to trade and I've never lost respect in someone quicker. Like what does that even mean that you're born to trade? Oh my God. That was so cringy. I really hope they don't listen to the podcast. I did tell them about it. Oh, no. <laughs> you're setting yourself up now uh, yeah, yeah sure. but i just i doubt they listen uh, they're probably like oh this guy told me he does a podcast so cringy oh, exactly this podcast <laughs> meanwhile they're born to trade I, i've told a few people at work about this podcast i don't think any of them have listened i would love if they did because like it's a very different side of me than the side at work uh but i can guarantee you the person that's born to trade it's just like rewatching the Wolf of Wall Street, not listening to this podcast. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, true. And if you are here, I'm very sorry. Uh, your statement made a lot of sense. Um, anyway, so then uh, they have this whole like uh, fight breakout. Um, yeah, then there's like this whole like uh, you know thing with May and Zuko where like the guards are like, oh, like I need to protect, uh, I need to protect you, May. Uh, and then Zuko like decides to you know blast and fire at the guards. He jumps out. He locks May in the cell. Uh, May looks pretty upset right there. Um, then we go back to the riot. Uh, we decide like or then Sokka's like, okay, we need to go get the the warden. It's not really clear how we're going to do that. Uh, but Suki's on top of it. Suki sees an opportunity to jump on like twenty people's heads to walk across them like they're just like uh, the floor, uh, and she's able to like assassin's creed jump up to the like right place <laughs> like everything she does here is so impressive uh she grabs a warden and then like ties his hands together and makes him her prisoner like this is so impressive here i have a question is the warden not a bender or like does he not have any physical strength at all how is he able to get <laughs> apprehended by suki so easily and then again she also takes out multiple firebenders on her way to the warden so Suki's just that badass i suppose yeah, I, yeah I, everything is just very impressive. Like, who needs a plan when you have Suki that can just literally run on top of people and then die a warden up at will? <laughs> yeah, I mean, these poor people, they're not even the guards that have the helmets on. Like, these people definitely have concussions from having uh, someone, like, step on their head. Uh, but yeah, I, my guess is the warden is a bender, but Suki's just so fast. Like, her closing speed is just so good that he's not able to, to bend in time. I mean, she's an Oshinami fighter. <laughs> an iconic Oshinami fighter um, anyway so then uh, yeah they they decide uh, okay cool we have the warden we have everything we need uh, like back off so they get all the guards to go away the guards decide not to like uh, you know stand in their way or whatever because uh, the warden's there and I guess they're too afraid of him uh, they go up the gondola and as they're going up the gondola uh, they have uh i guess what, what do they do next i think next is azula and tylee show up is that right yes yes zuko yeah. i have in my note zuko once again shows off his crazy vertical and makes an insane jump to oh this get was the boldest the jump i've ever seen 
yeah, this was insane. Kazuko, like, he's like, if he was in a basketball player, he'd be in like the dunk contest for sure, winning that every year. Showcase if he's jumping this high, holy. Yeah, I, I could yeah. never do this because I, I just don't know how to jump. No. <laughs> I mean, if it was run 55 meters, Maddie's your guy. But if it's jump 30 meters and 20 meters elevation, then only yeah. Zuko could pull that off. That's that was insane. Good good on him. Yeah. No, it's it's very impressive. Uh yeah, the fact that he even gains elevation while he jumps is like crazy. But uh good for him. Anyway, then as they're like going up the gondola ride, they see Azula and Tai Lee at the bottom, and they're like, Oh no, this is uh like you can just tell that this is like not gonna go well for them, uh, with Azula and Tai Lee there. Uh Suki seems pretty excited though. Suki's very excited to fight Azula and Tai Lee again. Yeah, this is the rematch she's been waiting for. And I, honestly, me too. This is what I've been waiting for. As well. <laughs> yeah, especially because the last fight got cut short and it like ended in like uh, a weird like silver like screen that just like cut and we didn't get to see the end of the battle. Um, but yeah, then we get uh, Ty Lee and Azula going up to the gondola. Ty Lee's uh, like running full speed on a very thin rope. I Azula. Yeah, Azula grabs the, like, metal thing and then uses, like, fire to blast her up. Uh, that's got to, like, tear off all the skin on her hands. That's got to be very harmful. Her hands have to be very rough. Azula feels no pain. <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> Azula feels no pain. There we go. Because I was trying to think, like, did she get burned on her hands? Did she not? Like, no, Azula doesn't feel pain. Who cares? <laughs> the more you know. Um, anyway, they all start fighting on top of the gondola here. Uh, they have some pretty cool, like, back and forth. One of the coolest things is when, like, a fire blast is sent into Azula. Azula does, like, a plank on two hands and then transitions from a plank into, like, a kick. Uh, and then, like, she fire blasts out with her kick. It was very impressive. Whatever move that was was quite good. Yeah, that was badass, but she does like the two-handed plank where she's supporting like her whole body weight with just her two hands and nothing else. I thought that was epic. Yeah, um, pretty impressive there. Um, as they're fighting, they the warden breaks himself free. He uh, like is able to get out of what he's uh, like whatever trap he's in, uh, and he yells to the people below to cut the line. Um, the guards are like, well, we can't cut the line because he's on there. And the other guards like, yeah, he, he knows that like, that's fine. We can, we can go ahead with this. Uh, so they start cutting the line. Um, the gondola goes to a halt. Then Azul and Ty Lee realize like, okay, like if the gondola is falling, we don't want to be on this boat. We're going to get off. So they jump onto another gondola. And I was a little surprised that Azula didn't try to like help cut the line or anything or anything like that. She just kind of takes it as granted that they're going to be able to cut the line. True. She could have just set the line on fire. She could have done a lot here. You're right. Yeah. Um, but instead, they kind of give up, which is probably good because Azul and Ty Lee did look like they were handling so, themselves pretty well on the gondola uh, and would be pretty hard to dispose of. So it's good they decided to give up. Um, anyway, they decide, like, okay, uh, I guess they don't even really have a plan. I have no idea what their plan would have been had it fallen because I doubt the gondola floats, so they just would have been, like, out of luck. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't think they no, listen. They, like, like I said, they're taking this one step at a time. They have no, they have <laughs> no plans for thirty seconds in the future. They just have to hope for the best. <laughs> well, thankfully, they get bailed out by May, who decides to save yeah, the jerk who dumped her. What a moment! 
Yeah, she has such she has such a good moment too, where she's able to like pin down like eight or nine different guards, like just using a bunch of knives. It's pretty crazy. How many knives do you think she carries on her at any one moment? Must be like a hundred or something, because she you're right. She's able to take out like nine fire bending guards. Yeah. It's yeah. very impressive. And when they when they realize it's it's May that's come to the rescue, like chills. <laughs> yes. No, that is it is quite exciting to see May like stand up and have this moment. Um even Zuko's very surprised when he realizes that it's May doing yeah. so. Um anyway, then they, they get up to the top. Uh Hakoda like stunts on the warden again by just being like, Your record's broken and walks away. <laughs> oh, not the record. um anyway then zuko uh has some clever context clues realizing that azula must have come here on something uh so we have a way out of here and uses a giant airship not only that but like anytime that guards are transported back and forth there's also airships so i'm surprised there's not like you know an airship daycare for them to go to but (laughs) they have the shit they need Yeah, good, good, uh, good move by Zuko thinking on his feet much better than thinking on his feet than he was earlier in the episode. For sure. For certain. We did kind of skip over how Azula is about to strike down May or does that happen next? That that happens next. I was about to say we get like the best part of this episode. Yeah, I agree. Best part. Yeah, because Azula like stands in front of May and says, like, I never expected this from you. Uh, and then May says this like uh, iconic line says like uh, you miscalculated. I love Zuko more than I fear you. Incredible line. Incredible line for May. Yeah, this is the this is definitely the the best the best scene of the episode. I the I mean she's she Azula just get, like this is a real turning point for Azula. She's just like getting turned on by her besties all over the place. The the the, the sexual tension between Azula and May is almost too much for me. <laughs> When you said turned on, I was like, wait, that's not what he meant. But then that might be what you meant. <laughs> that's just a fortunate, <laughs> fortunate uh, turn of phrase. Um, okay. I did not, I didn't see the sexual tension here, but oh, hey. it was, it was there. It was radiating off the screen. <laughs> um, I also, so Azula is like about to like, you know, strike me down uh, like with some lightning May is like ready to fight back with a, a knife, implying that May thinks that she's faster than Azula's lightning. I kind of wish that it came to blows to see who would have been faster because May's pretty confident. Like she doesn't try to run away, she doesn't try to do anything. She's standing there, like ready to like to take Azula down. And then how fast are Ty Lee's reflexes where she's able to in like a flash able to take down Azula and render her immobile? Yeah, Tylee's amazing. Like, I knew Tylee would would come to the rescue this time. I mean, she's just—I I have no words. She's just the, one of the most iconic characters of the series. Is she the most powerful? I feel like I've asked this before, but is she the most powerful non-bender? Is there mm-hmm. anybody who is, compares to her? I, I'm I'm just going to say yes, she is. Without thinking <laughs> of anyone else, I'm going to say canonically, yes, she is. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I mean, being, able, Google, but. being able to like block the chi of benders is pretty powerful. Also, she's just like she's generally like extremely versatile. She's super agile. She's like quick. Uh, like the closing speed that she has here is like almost as fast, or maybe even faster than Suki. So she might be the most powerful non-bender. I'm trying to think if there's a better person. Maybe next week, Zach, we can come with like a definitive ranking of the non-benders. Sure, let's do it up next week. I'm down. Sweet. Um, but yeah, like I think Ty Lee is like p- 
probably up there if not like uh if not number one um anyway so then ty lee uh like yeah she blocks uh azula so that azula can't bend may was like also very surprised azula's very surprised as ty lee also seemed surprised every single person <laughs> of the fire nation girl squad is like wait what just happened here <laughs> I yeah I I was like really uh I was like really I I appreciated the animation here how everyone was like wait what just happened as if like they had a collective realization of like that really happened yeah this mm-hmm. is this is a huge moment and even though they're like immediately caught by guards just the fact that Azula's best friend slash lovers turned on her is just a huge turning point for her oh, oh god <laughs> um. I, like May's like explicitly involved with her brother. I really hope that May and Azula also are not involved. I mean, listen, that's neither here nor there. But I think I think there's some other stuff going on. All right, well, <laughs> good to know. Uh, I also really like that Azula. Like, even though she's completely incapacitated, she can't bend. She still has the same air of confidence about her. She's like, "You're fools. Put them somewhere. I'll never have to see them again, and let them rot." And it's like. Like you can't even bend. You have no actual power here, but the confidence she has is just enough to be able to save the day. Um. Anyway, we go back to the Western Air Temple. Uh, we see Zuko and Sokka get out. Uh, everyone's like, "Oh, like you know what happened to the war balloon?" Uh, Toph really wants some meat. Uh, Sokka then says that he has the best meat of all: the meat of friendship <laughs> and fatherhood. <laughs> This might be Sokka's best line of the episode. (laughs) Very weird that no one reacts to this because it's definitely not a normal thing to say. But then I guess the surprise of who shows up really. I'm I'm sure they were about to call him up, call him out on it. But then, but then when uh, they see who's who's behind him, they're like, "All right, we'll deal with that weird saying later." Yeah, I'm sure that Toph like had like two or three lines ready to go. But then uh, Chit Sang walks out, and they're all like, "Who?" Uh, And like they've got Chit Sang, Suki, and Hakoda all walk out. Um, yeah. Also, Chitsang's like, you know, he has immediate chemistry with the group. Uh, yeah. He doesn't know any of them, but he's ready to talk to him and start strike up conversation. He's yeah, like, I'm he's... new here. What's up, everyone? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chitsang's all like jovial coming in. I, who cares about my girl and my best friend? I have new friends now. <laughs> yeah. Very weird that he doesn't go back for his girl and his best friend, but uh, that really sucks for them. Oh, well. Uh, I would love to know what happened to him. Anyway, they uh, they reveal they went to a Fire Nation prison, and Toph is a little upset that they didn't get any meat, no food for them. A little surprising that Azula's ship doesn't have any food on it. I would expect they would have something, but we don't get to see it. Yeah, like snacks or something. Yeah, like you would expect like some Parmesan vinaigrette. <laughs> yeah, I'd expect like a whole subway on the ship. At least at least one grape, maybe even two. <laughs> yeah, two grapes in a mailbox and some Parmesan vinaigrette. <laughs> the breakfast of champions oh god uh you know maybe i'll eat that tomorrow morning for breakfast two grapes and some salad dressing and make sure to have a a sandwich with the the meat of friendship and fatherhood on it <laughs> the meat of friendship and fatherhood <laughs> i know a you're a vegan with but fruit punch <laughs> how do you feel about the meat of friendship and fatherhood would you break your <laughs> I feel like it, that i feel like it's probably the most vegan meat you could have like it's at least yeah, it's at least, uh, you know, I'd consider it. I'd consider the meat of friendship and fatherhood. You heard it here first. There you go. Anyway, that is the Boiling Rock part one and part two. Uh, quite a bit that we've dug into already. But let's uh, let's transition to our thoughts on the episode as a whole. 
Zach, you want to start us off on what your thoughts are for the episode? Yeah, overall, after talking it with you guys, I realized I enjoyed it a little bit more. Initially, I came in a little down on it. But yeah, this is uh, two good episodes. I think the final act of the second episode is fantastic, where you have Azula getting turned on by Ty Lee and May. It's beautiful stuff. And yeah, I really love that moment. Overall, my thoughts on the episode, eh, it was okay. Not my favorite episode of season three. Unlike Maddie, I think season two is stronger than season three overall. I think season three has some like episodes that are just average or slightly above average and not like they don't blow me out the water. So yeah, my, those are my thoughts on the episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that that makes sense. I share like many of the same sentiments. There actually are a lot more funny moments than I gave it credit for um, mm-hmm. when I was watching it and talking through them. I did appreciate all the jokes, uh, all the like weird sayings. Um, it is it is like a fun heist type episode. Uh, I, I appreciate that. It's like a whole prison break. It's a fun genre that they get to go into. Um, but yeah, like I, I really, if you would have told me like what are episodes that are in contention for a four, I would have said this is one of them. And it's not a four for me, but I think it is. Uh, it's not too bad. Uh, Maddie, what are your thoughts on the episode? Um, yeah. First of all, why do you guys grade things out of four? Mm, there are four elements. Oh, okay. I don't know. Oh. Yeah, I don't know why we do it either. Oh, okay. <laughs> just, <laughs> just a random arbitrary all right, cool. number. All right. Well, yeah, I would agree that it's probably not a perfect four. But um, I know you said that, Zach, that season two is the best season. I know a lot of people feel that way. But I don't know. I guess just for me, it's just by the time we get to season three, I just care about the characters that much more. So it just no, feels more important to me. Yeah. So I just think there's like, no bad episodes in the season and this is obviously no exception like everything from the mid-season finale on i just think is like near perfect um you know i i, I said this earlier but i remember watching the stretch of episodes for the first time and just being like so excited about the story and the characters just couldn't wait to keep watching and like re-watching it yesterday it, it made me remember that feeling and like i appreciate this episode as what it is just a, a great part of one of my favorite seasons of television of all time and like i don't know, just just like specifically like it, it's just a two-parter so it's got that gravitas just to begin with we we pick up some fun new characters i think chit sang is pretty fun and we get some old characters back in the mix too and you know it's just it's very important as as we head to the end game and a, a huge episode for both the uh, Sokka and and good zuko you know really coming into his own becoming mm-hmm. friends with everyone having his moments with the characters and you know just you know some good old-fashioned relationship drama prison break the the, the deception and the betrayals and the tylee and may turning on azula at the end and and we didn't even really mention the, the big emotional moment at the end where uh katara sees her dad for the first time and she gets like tears in her eyes and as a result i was getting tears in my eyes i was like mm-hmm. oh this is choking me up i love this so just yeah big fan of this one in general yeah uh yeah i mean lots of good stuff everything you mentioned i i very much agree with so let's go ahead and get into our ranking of the episode every week we give a ranking between zero and four cabbages we take my score zach's score the listener score and the guest score to get the official ang in their score yeah uh you you will you can you can uh, rank the score maddie i like that you gave a, a fist bump. <laughs> hell yeah um anyway so there you go that's what we're going to be doing next zach you want to start us off with your score Sure, I'll give this a 3.4 out of 4. That's what I'm going with this week. Sounds good to me. Uh, Maddie, where are you on the episode? Yeah, it's it's not uh, 
my like the top of the top for me. So I will reserve my 4.0, but I will give it a 3.9. So sorry if that seems a little high to you guys, but no, I, that's fine. You you mentioned that you thought maybe giving it a 3.940 before you rewatched it, but that's that's still where I'm at right now. So I'm giving it a 3.9. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, your score is yours to do with. I think a three nine is appropriate. Like that, that is what I thought the episode would have been. I'm a bit lower. Uh, I'm at a 3.4 as well as Zach. The listeners are pretty close to us as well uh, with some people giving it as low as like a 2.8, which I thought was like a bit low for the episode. Uh, but it, the listener score is a 3.45, just slightly ahead of ours, leaving the final score at a 3.54. It's actually good that Maddie's on here. I did my job to get it bumped up. Yeah, because without (laughs) Maddie here, this would be like a pretty pedestrian episode, which I feel like is just not what like Avatar canon uh, would have you believe. And so a 3.54 for the episode, not even quite an A episode, but there you go. Uh, 3.54. Zach, we are two hours into the podcast. This is the perfect time to discuss what segments we're going to do. Will we be ranking the riot battle? I don't know about the riot battle, but should we rank the battle on the gondola? Um, sure. I was gonna. I, I was gonna put the whole like prison break thing as as like uh, one thing. So like Suki oh, sure. capturing the warden, the fight on the gondola, and then May at sure. the end. Sure. Okay. Let's rank that. In that case, if we're doing it like that, I'll start. I'll give it a three point six out of four. I thought it was actually from beginning to end. This whole prison break was exciting. It was action packed. Suki jumping across people's heads and Assassin's <laughs> Creed scaling the wall, as you so aptly described, it was great. And then May ultimately turning on Azula and like May taking down nine firebenders herself. I thought this was epic. So this was a great battle for me. And yeah, three point six out of four. Yeah. Uh, Maddie, you want to go next on ranking the battle? Yeah, sure. It's interesting for me because with the battles, like a a lot of times, especially in the earlier episodes, I I use it as kind of like the equivalent to like a challenge in an episode of Survivor where I'll just start checking my phone and just like wake me up when we hear who who won at the end. But (laughs) I think when we get down to it, like these these uh, battles end up being like so important that especially this one, like I, I was watching and actually having a good time with it. And I think a large reason is because this one has just just a bunch of women just being iconic, which is just going to be a step up in general. We, we have, you know, Suki bopping people on the head with her feet. We've got, you know, the whole, so the Azula and Kylie and May, just all of that just bumps up for me. So, um, even though I don't like love battles in general, this is still very good for a battle. So I will, uh, you know, I'll agree. Three, three, six. All right. There we go. I'm higher on this battle. I really, I think, Probably the thing that, that sets it over the top for me is the moment with May. Uh, like, I think mm-hmm. that it's just, like, such a great moment. It really is one of my favorite, uh, like, moments of the entire series is, like, May betraying, uh, like, her country. And, like, it even makes it so much better having the conversation between May and Zuko where Zuko says, like, I'm not betraying the country. May says, yes, you are. We realize that May realize like, May comes to the realization herself that, like, oh, no, it's, like, like, this is not betraying the country. This is what, what's right. Like, there are things more important than the Fire Nation. Um, there's that. There's also just, like, cool moments with Azula and, and Ty Lee on the, uh, on the gondola. Like, that That two-handed plank is quite cool. I'm at a 3.8. That'll leave this battle at a 3.67. Um, All right. Yeah, so a, a pretty good battle uh, indeed. Um, no listener questions this week, so we only have one thing that we need to do to wrap it up. It's going to be the Quaker Oat Instant Oatmeal Flavor <laughs> Variety Bending. Uh, all right, let's do it up. 
<laughs> we can we can quickly go through it, but this is one of my favorite parts of the podcast is when we get to do these silly ones. So, uh, all right, just to remind people, we do a T quartet uh, sometimes, um, not all the time. Um, anyway, what we do is we rank the different uh, types of benders, or we rank four different types of things into what type of bender it would be. Uh, so this week we'll be doing maple and brown sugar. Apples and cinnamon, cinnamon spice, and peaches and cream instant oatmeal. Does anyone feel very strongly about any of the flavors? No, I don't. That's why I don't know. <laughs> this is so I tough. Because I, I, like when I was listening to not not to bring up manager Naomi again, but I was listening to her episode, and she was just so ab- able to like confidently say like violins or or firebenders. Like I, I was like <laughs> I don't know, I don't know how how she's so confident about this but i'm just thinking cinnamon and spice just sounds like spice reminds me of fire so i, I would say uh, c- cinnamon spice we, we could put into the into the house of fire bending yeah um, I, I i very much agree with that one actually like the whole cinnamon challenge is just like a, a firebender type thing like it's just like you, it's just trying to see the world burn um plus like i feel like those are both aggressive flavors like no yeah, one's coming definitely. for cinnamon and spice like trying to go for the flavor of the oatmeal um, for, I feel like uh, in this show, there is, uh, there's one airbender, his name's Ang, right? And it's a big deal that he's like the only, the only airbender. Um, and I just feel like there's probably also only one person in the world that eats peaches and cream oatmeal. Some idiot that's been <laughs> locked in an iceberg for a hundred years, got out and doesn't know anything about anything. And is just like, oh, this peaches and cream is pretty good. So I feel like maybe airbending can, can go with the peaches and cream. Okay, yeah, I, I can see it. You know, peaches and cream, it's probably a light flavor. There's not really much, like, there's not really much to it. It's just like, it's just a light peaches and cream. Uh, you know, I can see that. I, I feel pretty strong about maple and brown sugar being the earthbender. I feel like that's like, it's like the staple. It's like the one you'll go back to. Uh, like, it's not yeah, doing too reason. much. Yeah, that, ma- that makes sense to me. All right. Well, that leaves apples and cinnamon as the waterbender. Zach, how does that hit your ears? Uh, yeah, apple and cinnamon. I mean, if you like to change it up, you add apples into your oatmeal. So water is the element of change. So yeah, that hits my ears pretty nicely. There we go. All right. right. There you go. I'd say this was a resounding success of a segment. Yeah, we nailed, we nailed it. Uh, yeah, I agree. These are, I mean, it is correct. Uh, this will probably be the only people to ever do this, but I'll also say that it is objectively right. Uh, cinnamon spice is our firebender. Peaches and cream is our airbender. Maple and brown sugar is our earthbender. Apples and cinnamon is the waterbender. There you go. Update, update the wiki. Yeah, <laughs> that is for certain. Um, anyway, that's all we have for you this week. Maddie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You know, I tried my best to be uh, as rude as possible to get you to not come, but I'm glad that you persisted. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much, Maddie, for coming on. You were great. Absolutely. Thank you so much for finally having me and for somehow <laughs> sitting here for over two hours listening to my nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a great time. You know, we heard stories about people getting food uh, thrown at them. We heard amazing track star stories. We heard an iconic subway tale. Like, this is, this is better than I could have. We really went off the rails. I, we truly did. But that's what makes these so fun. Uh, Maddie, if, if people would like to go off the rails with you more of the time, where can people hear all the stuff that you're doing? Well, first of all, you can follow me on Twitter at MaddieFresh24. Twitter is a great follow. Thank it you is very a much. fantastic, fantastic follow. Yeah, I'm only on Twitter, not on anything else. So if you if you want to hear from me, uh, follow me on Twitter. If you want to hear me on a podcast of my own, uh, me and my good friend Brendan are 
uh, I'm rewatching Gossip Girl for the millionth time. He's watching for the first time, but we are breaking down every episode of Gossip Girl on the Lonely Boys podcast. And man, there were a lot of laughs on this podcast, but there's, I'll say probably just as many laughs on my own podcast. So if you guys like laughing, then I would, I would subscribe and download and all that stuff and listen to me there. There you go. The Lonely Boys. I did not understand the uh, the like reference whatsoever, but it sounds like Kirsten came up with the title, so I will never yeah. question it. I'm sure not. it's a fantastic title. Yeah. Are either of you uh, Gossip Girl fans? You know, I've seen two episodes. Hmm. All right. Well, you know, wa- watch a few more. We'll get you both on the podcast. It'll be a good time. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Check. I'll check back in 13 months with you uh, right, for when I'm allowed on the podcast. Is there any sports related episode of uh, Gossip Girl? There is one episode where Serena and Blair are on some kind of field hockey team and they get into a fight in the middle of practice and then it's really never mentioned again. So (laughs) outside of that one field hockey fight scene, I'm trying to think, oh, uh, Nate and Dan play soccer for a little while. Um, But that's pretty much it. Not a lot. Not a ton of sports in Gossip Girl. Okay. Okay. Well, I don't know if I'm I hate to, bra- hate to break it to you. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> I figured. Um, anyway, Zach, where can people keep up with the stuff you're doing? People can keep up with me at Zach Muhammad 32 on Twitter. And where can they keep up with you, Jacob? At JK Redman. Uh, again, Maddie, thank you so much for coming on. This was an absolute blast. Uh, thanks so much to the people listening two hours and 10 minutes into this podcast. Uh, quite quite uh, great listeners we have anyway that's all we have for you this week we'll be back next week no guest i'm so confident <laughs> about it this time i will say it if there's a guest on next week i will give them two edible arrangements um, and that's four grapes that is four grapes in your mailbox anyway thank you so much for listening uh we can hang in there and so can you <laughs> <laughs>